Hello, loreheads, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. My name is Mark. And today we're talking about the bounty hunter, Misfortune, who was released September 8th, 2010. Mm-hmm. 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 Looks good for her age. <laughs> 12? <laughs> Great. Well, then she looks cool. weird for her age. Great. <laughs> A little twilight baby <laughs> <laughs> misfortune has a lot of lore which we were expecting uh on the universe page she has her bio the video the climb a comic three short stories an art gallery and then another video called surrender which i forgot to watch i hope that was important it was so important was it it's, it's really integral it's the it's the linchpin <laughs> right <laughs> N- none of her lore makes any sense with it <laughs> And then in addition to that, she's just got random other shit that she's she's in. Sure. I believe it. Sure. Yeah. She very much has replaced Katarina as the face of, of League of Legends, at least when it comes to like, hey, we need a redhead. There you- right. <laughs> and here's the new model. <laughs> only one. Only one allowed. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. She got a real big upheaval. I remember being at Riot when her splash changed and all of that. I miss her old splash, I'm going to be honest. but I fucking love the the quote when you're going through the art, um, you know, the art pages they have on her universe page. It opens with a quote about, like, we wanted her to be more than just, you know, a, a sexy oh redhead. God. And then immediately following that, they have, like, all the iterations of her splash art with her and her, like, high heels and her, like, leather pants split up the side and, like, the super low-cut shirt. And in fairness, they do also, after that, have a bunch of cool action poses of her. But those, like, splash iterations were the very first thing after that (laughs) quote, and it was great. (laughs) I felt in a lot of her lore a lot of very weak... uh, attempts at feminism is <laughs> like the best way that I can describe it. Like they tried. It was well it wasn't twenty ten. It was you know, still it was still a little while ago though. But yeah, I remember being her old splash art has a lot more personality in it. And she's still very sexy. Um but I hate the new one. I never got on board with it. Like is it a good piece of art? Yes. But does she look like she's about to blow that gun? Absolutely. (laughs) I just can't get over it. (laughs) Especially because now reading all of her lore, I would say she occasionally uses her looks to try to get ahead, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's integral, oh God, that word, to her character. Not like Evelyn. Like Evelyn, that's her thing, right? I wouldn't say it's like a core part of MF. Yeah, Yeah. It's more like... It's more just like something that puts other people off guard and, you know, lets her do the thing she was already going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like Moida. Sure. I mean, you know, I think that's the thing is that that used to be her shtick. She was she was a sexy yeah. pirate and that's literally it. Right. And then you start looking at like <laughs> it's like, hey, we have a lot of that going on. Right. Like, <laughs> let's do something else. Um which is good because the, yeah. the other shit's just boring, if nothing else, right? Yeah, they used to do the, a lot of, like, it's this, but sexy. And they definitely changed that with MF, with her lore and everything. I like her lore. Um, but the splash seems to reflect more of her old lore, is what I'll say. 
you know, frankly, I think they should just take Captain Fortune and just let's just make that canon because it's, yeah, it's more interesting. Yeah. Like I know that like it's also what she's up to these days now in the modern lore and even like her subtitle Bounty Hunter has no bearing on anything to do with like the character character or the yeah, gameplay. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fuck All right, it. well, let's get into her bio. Okay. Um, well, first. Oh, oh, impressions. I'm sorry. Did you write down quotes? I only wrote down one this time. Oh, that's because... the only one I know. <laughs> All right, well, you can, you can have Hang that on, one. Hang on, I'll find I'll one. I'll see if I can find another one. No, then. no, no, it's okay. That's the only one I can imagine her saying as well for some reason. Yeah, that's like her... Uh, that's the quote. That's the quote, for sure. Like the pick quote? I don't know. I know a lot of the quotes, but I don't know like what's what. So I'll just throw one out there, and that's... Yeah, go ahead. Sure you can handle me, summoner. Oh, okay. Ooh, I remember that nice. one now. No pray, no pay. Okay. No pray, no pay. Oh, you did that real good. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You really committed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I like this word. There were facial expressions and everything. It was great. Oh, shit. Fortune doesn't favor fools. They're always a little British. <laughs> Everyone that you do. It's always Cheerio. like a touch. <laughs> That's definitely what she said to Gang Clank. I gotta do a harder R then. Fortune doesn't favor fools. There you go. Yeah. She does have a much harder R, right? She's very R. American. <laughs> very piratey. <laughs> Fortune doesn't favor a fool. Well, you know, I guess originally she didn't like pirates, so that's the whole point of it, right? But oh, I wish that she had that voice that you just did. If like a really like classic pirate voice came out of that sexy redhead, just take Gangplank's old VO and put it on Misfortune. Oh, that'd be so fucking good. I really like that, like a Doctor Girlfriend type situation from like Fisher Brothers or something. That'd be so good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, anyway. All right, now we can do bio. <clears throat> so Sarah Fortune was a normal girl in Bilgewater. Oh, God. I just... I'm sorry, Phil. <laughs> You're drunk. <laughs> not. I'm not allowed to be. Uh, her mom, Abigail, was like a super good gun maker. Uh, her dad's there, too, I guess. But we don't really hear about it until he dies. <laughs> I feel kind of bad for him. Uh, one day, she's asked by up-and-comer Gangplank to make a pair of pistols he came back a year later, masked and not intending to pay for them. Abigail sensed he wasn't worthy of the guns, so Gangplank killed her and her husband and shot Sarah as well before smashing the pistols and setting the place on fire, which felt like a real toddler move to me. <laughs> he was like, well, if I can't have him, no one can. Infamous big baby Gangplank. <laughs> the OG boss baby, yeah. Just, like, he didn't take them like he could have taken the pistols he could have them but he was just so mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that little like tantrum in the cereal aisle uh sarah was still alive obviously she fixed her mom's pistols eventually became a bounty hunter preparing to get revenge on gangplank that's where she earned her nickname misfortune and this time she also became captain of the siren is that how you say that yeah okay yeah it's spelled S-Y-R-E-N, so... Uh, and she got a crew on her side. The bio is kind of vague on how she gets her revenge on Gangplank, although we'll get into it, obviously. But she ultimately blows him up in the ship, the Deadpool. 
<laughs> and now he's gone. Or is he? <laughs> or is he? <laughs> or is he? <laughs> Bilgewater went a little wild with Gangplank gone and people fighting for control, so Misfortune helped people come to like a bit of a very weak truce, although it's probably not going to last long, and that's where the bio leaves her. Shockingly, yeah. almost all of her short stories go beyond the bio. Which yeah. They is, like, you get so much more than that. But. They pick up yeah. right where the bio leaves off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's I kind of liked the bio more compared to a lot of others because it's it has some nice punchy sort of moments in it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like t- bored. I think through most of misfortune stuff, I wasn't bored, which is like yeah. one of the highest compliments I can g- give. <laughs> and it's a good jumping Especially off point. Especially with stories that long. Yeah, she right? had long stories. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice jumping off point. Like I like the I like I think it's fun to take a character like on a very generic like v- revenge plot. And it's like okay, now you got it. Now we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna see what happens a little bit after. It's a little more interesting, right? Yeah, yeah, you don't get to see a lot of that. Yeah, and it's not like she's just immediately filled with regret. I remember in one of the stories, um, she, oh no, the comic, she's asked how she feels now that she's gotten revenge on Gangplank, and there's like a panel where she kind of, you know, lists all the emotions, and it felt very realistic that she is really satisfied that she has killed him, but it comes with a lot of other emotions too. Yeah, and yeah, that was neat. Yeah. They also, uh, her mom's official title is Gun Dame, which I thought oh, was a yeah. fun word. <laughs> yeah, I, I I couldn't help but think of, like, you know, Gundam. Gundam? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was, and then my mind went to, like, mobile suit Gundams, but they're all, like, decked out in, like, fancy ball gowns, and they're, like, Gun Dames, right? Like, <laughs> lords and ladies. I feel like you're, like, describing the gun goddess misfortune skin. <laughs> you know what? It all circles back around. <laughs> I was picturing her mom as somebody who really likes building Gundams. <laughs> Just like models all across the wall, just everywhere. <laughs> Gameplay wanted a really nice like model, and just like this is too good. You're not a true fan. Yeah. <laughs> then he smashed them all. All her Gundam models. Oh, no, <laughs> he is an asshole. <laughs> I like that her name was Abigail too. I like to think that much like you know misfortune goes by the name misfortune. If Abigail went by the middle of her name, she would just be Big Fortune. Which makes me happy. <laughs> I'm liking that. Big fortune. Well, not Big really, fortune. though. Big fortune. Yeah, she wouldn't be able to keep the, the name for long. Unfortunately, <laughs> this is also not not uh, canonically, but in in terms of if you're reading the lore, the, like the current lore, this is the first mention of Myron's dark rum, which is going to come up in. Almost every one of her stories. <laughs> I think I forgot, and because I, I, you know, read this in a couple of days, and today I read the me- mention of Myron Stark Rum. I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. Where else did I read that? Just Everywhere. in every other misfortune <laughs> story. So you know what's going to happen is right. Always, always doing weird little things. They're going to be selling some Myron's Dark Rum at some oh, point. You'll be able to order it. I guarantee you. Surprise! They haven't. <laughs> yeah. Man, they should. I would buy it. Sure. I don't even. I, I probably don't even like dark rum if no, they don't honey. make it taste like coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> probably one. What are the odds? <laughs> it's not. John's. John's just exposing that the only rum he likes is Malibu. Malibu. <laughs> and you know what, honey? Same. And that's why we get along so well. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what they make Bay Breezes out. Of. <laughs> uh, so part of her lore too, it says she quickly earned the reputation in the taverns and gambling dens, becoming known only as Miss Fortune. Gangplank would never see her coming. 
But I feel like earning a reputation is the exact <laughs> opposite thing you want to do when you don't want someone to see you coming. It's, I mean, you know, maybe he, he, you know, obviously, like he knows Miss Fortune, the legend, but he doesn't know Miss, you know, Sarah Fortune, the per, you know, uh-huh. the victim or whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I know they'd also mentioned that, um, it, she was just another bounty hunter, really. Like, maybe she was kind of good. But Gangplank was, like, so high up at that point mm-hmm. that, like, what's another bounty hunter in Bilgewater, I guess? Yeah. Just yeah. a little guppy. Isn't mm-hmm. it even the case that... Because a big thing in Bilgewater is the bounty board, right? They've got the big bounty board. And doesn't Gangplank go... Maybe this is old lore. But he would go and put his own, <laughs> like, name up highest on the bounty board. Like, just as, like, a big oh. fuck you. Like, here it is. If anyone thinks they want, they can take me, there's your, you know, your incentive right there. Oh, right. I don't remember that from his lore. Maybe yeah. it might be old stuff. Might be old, but yeah, he definitely did it in one version. Yeah, I like it though. I wish I yeah. do wish that maybe if we were gonna get more misfortune stories, I'd like to see at least one take a little bit of time with the old like bounty hunter background. Like not a mm-hmm. lot. I don't think I need a ton of development there. I just think like that could be a really cool little scene of like little fourteen year old misfortune comes up to the bounty board <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, you know, just giving her guff or whatever. And then that day. <laughs> She just comes back and like an arm's all dislocated and she's all bloody and she's like dragging the mark behind her and just <laughs> snatches a bunch more bounties. Like that's that'd be really cool. And I'd like to see that depicted, yeah. I guess. That's you a know. good one. Uh last thing I had about the bio. Mm-hmm. And I mean not to bring up this book again. It's been a while. But I've got a quote here. Six of Crows. <laughs> Only his abject humiliation. And the burning to ash of all he had stolen would satisfy the girl who had died on the floor of her mother's workshop. It's real Casbrecker energy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, you know. Yeah. I think that's why, yeah, it's fun to see um, that they're, that she's not just stuck in, like, just this little revenge plot. You know, because it's... You see, like, it's a very common just trope in general across, you know, different yeah. media. And it can be good, but... You know, let's let's do something a little a little extra. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which they do with Kaz too. Don't get me wrong, right? Like, you know, it's a good like jumping off point to then do something even more interesting. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Solid. What's what order should we do these stories? All right. So here, the... let me know, Mark, if you agree with my order on this. <sighs> okay. I have them as burning tides. Veto. Into... Immediate veto. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> shit. Uh, they about uh, to fight. Well, I actually I've don't. Got... The, the only one that I, I think we're gonna agree on everything. The only one that's kind of a floater, eh, in my opinion, is the <laughs> down among the dead men, which is her little color story yeah. one. The short one, yeah. Because it's just so yeah. non-specific. My assumption is she's still doing the bounty hunter gig at that point. All we know about it is that it is one hundred percent before dead in the water. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yes, yeah. I think that, and she says like. When she's talking about Gangplank, I read it as she was talking about him as if he's still operational and, you know, alive and et cetera. Um, but I, it doesn't matter I that got, like, much. I like, the opposite Same. I, yeah, I got, I got the vibe that he was dead, Gangplank. Interesting. But he still had some, like, loyal people around. Yeah, because that to was take one care of the things after, like, uh, Burning Tides is like, I'm going to find all Gangplank's men and they're going to fucking die. Interesting. Well, and that's all right. It's it's interesting. We should we should talk about it when we get to it because like I'm just looking at like there's a specific line, but I, where I feel like the, t- the the tense of something would change. Um, but it doesn't oh, matter okay. that much because yeah. this is like the shortest little color story. Also, is like that's the whole, true. All of it. So we we can do um we can do burning tides first if you want. I think that's reasonable. All right. 
And this is by a lot of people. Uh, Scott Hawks, Anthony Reynolds, Lene, John O'Brien, and George Kerstick. Yeah. There's a lot of chapters. Very long one, right? Yes. And this is the story that was released chapter by chapter Mm -hmm. along with the Burning Tides in-game event where they took Gangplank out of the game. Um, Okay. Yeah. So. Much We've been to over this somebody's one a lot. chagrin. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Lucian is a big part of this, so we went gone over this with uh, that's, Lucian. That's Sh- Shadow and Fortune. God fucking damn it. I confuse them all the time. <laughs> uh, Which one is this? This is Burning Graves is, is in this one. This was like a big this is TF Graves. Graves yeah. <gasps> okay, thank you. Yeah. I don't think this one's linked on her universe page. She's no. a part of it. She's more referenced in it. Okay. Like well, she, let's go she's over part the... of certain chapters. We're not going to go over all the parts yeah. that she's not in. But... Okay. Yes, sure. this is... We went over this a lot with Graves and TF. and then we Yeah, we got into the, the nitty-gritty of it. The, the very high level for Misfortune is, like we set up... We talked about in Graves. Uh, Graves and TF have run back into each other after a long time. They're causing the fucking ruckus. And all of Gangplank's men are kind of like chasing after him. And Gangplank himself gets this tip off like, hey, Twisted Fate is in town. Um, and great gangplank seems to be like, ooh, I'm gonna come out of my little hidey hole, or you know, he's busy <laughs> torturing a guy, but he stops so he can go deal with this situation personally. Um, and then we kind of see by about chapter three, it's like a four, four part or three part structure with an epilogue. Um, I think maybe it's maybe it's four part. And the third part, anyway, uh, it kind of opens on misfortune, and and she is, uh, she's in a bar, and she's. This is what you're talking about where, like, yeah, she is kind of, like, like everyone's, like, enraptured by her, you know, her beauty and stuff. But it's not like she's spilling out of her dress necessarily. It's more that she just commands attention. <laughs> she's very, like, charisma in a more natural sort of way of, like, you know, everyone's just, like, she's, she's like, uh, what's the word? She's charming. She's charming everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she was doing it also to keep, because it's a bunch of, like, harbor masters and stuff and people who probably should be on watch and it's kind of keeping them away from their duties was kind of my read on, on what was going on yeah, in the first she- place. Uh, exactly. Yeah, she was doing it specifically so Raffin could sneak around in the harbor without the harbor master seeing him. Yeah, um, and even it's like it, it's almost a little like usual suspects where she leaves and immediately as she's walking out, her gait just like changes and she becomes like all business all the time. And like you said, Raff, <laughs> Raffin, her uh, her first mate, who we'll see a bunch, um, stand up guy. Yeah. Uh, they're they're just having a little back and forth like, oh, is it already? Are we all prepared? You know, did the boy tip off Gangplank, etc.? So the stage is set, and then when Gangplank goes to execute Graves and Twisted Fate, you know, all fucking hell breaks loose. His ship blows up. He's presumably dead. And we kind of learn through all this that misfortune, she orchestrated it all. She spent years scraping it all together and getting it all ready for this moment. In a moment, it's over. And like it's like the bio says essentially. Afterwards, there's a huge power vacuum. Chaos just kind of unleashes in the city. Like rivalries, like flare back up. Alliances between different gangs break down. Um, and misfortune and her her crew or gang are also kind of helping that happen. Like Raffin will kind of go out and help these two get these two gangs to start fighting each other till they just wear each other into nothing. Um, and misfortune is presumably about to step in and take kind of power over every like step in to fill that void essentially at the end of it all um and is this the one where she's talking about i want i want his his kids dead i want his pets dead i want him (laughs) (laughs) i think this might be the one where that whole quote yeah 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 give it to me we got uh uh this is just the beginning she said I want everyone loyal to him to be brought to answer. I want the heads of his lieutenants mounted on my wall, burn every body, house, tavern, and warehouse that bears his mark. And I want his corpse. Raffin was shaken. He'd heard words like this before, but never from her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mostly her part in it. 
Um, it's mostly about grace and twist of fate. But it sets her on the path of she's gotten her revenge, quote unquote. But what will what will happen as she stares into the abyss? You know, <laughs> will it stare back? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. One ironic quote that I really liked in this one too was uh, when Misfortune says, "Gangplank's one mistake was not making sure she was dead." Her anger and her hate had sustained her through that first cold, painful night and every night since. <laughs> cool, you no. probably, probably should have double tapped on that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the old love tap, as it were. You know, is that like a nice dramatic irony from the writer then? Because they know that she doesn't, you yeah. know, that she's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oops. Yeah, that's a good one for a Graves TF content, though, for sure. I really like that story. Yeah, that was real good. Yeah. Yeah. For Misfortune, it's, there are some, I think, you know, it's, it's almost in my mind as I read it and look at the new lore, like that little opening scene of her in the bar, it's like, it's, it's like saying, hey, we know what was going on. We're sunsetting that part of the character (laughs) that is no longer really what's going to be going on with this character. (laughs) And we're going to be doing this. And this is more interesting, y'all. So come on, let's, everybody come along, right? (laughs) Also, I'll say, uh, her login screen, and this is great. All the login screens for this event were really good. That sort of hand-painted style where they kind of come in. Um, and I really like just that depiction of her and that look on her face when she's all in the fire in the window behind her in this login screen. It's really it's, it's cool. It's genuinely a cool little depiction. Yeah, there was a yeah. lot of real cool stuff for the event on the whole. Mm-hmm. The mm. event was very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's mostly it. And then, yeah, like you said, that that quote's also that's kind of like the central conflict for the for all of misfortune right is like which way is she gonna go is she gonna you know how is she gonna end up and you know very clearly <laughs> setting it all up right uh, and then the ruination answered all those oh questions my God. We will not, uh, uh, but before we, we just, get there uh, <laughs> uh we got uh what i have next in the list down Among the Dead Men by Graham McNeil and art by Marie Magny. Oh, the art in this is really nice. Yeah, yeah, the art's um, good. I, I do have notes for this one, so I can do this short story. Cause sure. <laughs> some of them are, are quite long, and I'm going to make Mark go through them. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> All right, so Miss Fortune is sitting on a wharf waiting for a fella named Jack Munt Zyglos. <laughs> Ziglos? Sure. No idea. What? I mean, I was just going to say, spoiler alert, not to jump to the end, but he's dead now. He won't correct you on his name. <laughs> <laughs> so Misfortune has Jack Munts <laughs> brother in a coffin that's uh, in the water. It's sinking, uh, but she's holding it up with a rope and there's a breathing tube coming out of it. So Jack Munt comes in to save his brother, thinking Misfortune just wants a bounty, so he's going to like trade himself for his brother uh, with a nice fancy piltover gun. And basically, Misfortune never intended to take him alive as he was extremely loyal to Gangplank. So she lets his brother sink into the bottom of the water, and when Jack Munt runs at her with his gun, instead of just shooting her in the face with it, <laughs> uh, she draws her own guns and kills him real quick. She throws the piltover gun in the water as payment to the sea and goes on her merry way. Sure, sure. Yeah. Sure hope that she didn't promise that gun to anyone. <laughs> I know that'd be a real shame, right? It's such fine right? craftsmanship. <laughs> and if anyone knows good craftsmanship on guns, it's misfortune. <laughs> and Gundams. And gun yeah. <laughs> She'll tell you all of like the, the alternate universes, everything. 
So yeah. Okay, so to our little controversy, right? The the two things that make me think that this is actually before even burning tides are a he asks her like how much he's worth to her, and she gives like oh it's like five hundred serpents, right? Which we can kind of assume is maybe a small amount. So even the idea that she's doing the bounty hunting thing to me it seems like. Once Gangplank's out of the picture, that's no longer anything she would have even said. Like, it's not about that's bounties true. or anything anymore. And then the yeah. other thing is she says to him, um, you know, it's not it's not about the money. Uh, it's the fact that you're one of Gangplank's sworn men. And I feel like if this was post-Gangplank getting blown up, she might have said, you were one of Gangplank's mm-hmm. sworn men. Now, that's, I could mm-hmm. be splitting hairs. This doesn't matter too much, <laughs> you know? And it does kind of follow, like you said, that right after she's had her, like, little... Yeah, you know, I want them all fucking killed. This would absolutely be in line with that. Mm. My, uh, now my only counterpoint to the counterpoint. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> if we are to, uh, assume that she is trying to keep as low a profile, um, then we know that she kidnapped that dude's brother and then told that dude that she kidnapped his brother in order to, uh, get him. So, presumably, if she was going to be going after the bounties and trying to stay under uh, GP's radar, that she wouldn't be going after GP's men specifically yet, right? It's a good point. Maybe. It's I will say also, again, to, to counter myself, um, <laughs> he does kind of say, hey, not only did you, you kidnap my brother and are hunting me, but you've like wrecked all of my fleets or all my ships, and you've like mm. seen all of my kin either killed or sent to the jail. Um so it's like that's certainly a, a pretty big campaign to wage against a, a specific individual. Like if she was just doing the bounty hunter stuff, would she really have the resources? You know, this feels more like a like every, the dogs are off the leash type situation. It's a good question. I don't know for yeah. sure, but uh, could go either way. <laughs> yeah, this would be keeping in line with her being very ruthless because, like you said, she's kidnapped this guy's brother and then just kind of. T- drowns him just she's got he's got a breathing tube that she's holding on to kind of through the story and then she just lets him go into the ocean so that she can kind of i assume induce this guy to you know attack her that that is one thing that's weird i will say is that she does it as if to like present sort of like a murder defense case to the the bounty people like oh he was yeah yeah she's supposed Mm -hmm. to take him alive that's what the warrant is for and she's like, oh, I'll just tell them that he was going to, it's, you know, self-defense, right? It's like, this is gang- this is Bilgewater. You don't really need to, you can just say you <laughs> killed him. Like, oops, yeah. you didn't go, you don't get the bounty. That's kind of your punishment, right? Yeah. And I mean, she could have said that he came after her anyway. They don't have like a fucking CSI team out there. Like, what yeah, are they they'll probably do? believe you. Oh, by, based on the trajectory of this bullet, I think. That, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we sent our best team out, but the, the razor teeth wharf rats ate them. So uh, it looks like you get off this time. <laughs> they fucking dead. <laughs> so yeah, I think that little bit's a little weird. It like doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think the idea more of oh she just wants to kill him and it's not doesn't even care about the money is probably enough, right? Like you don't need to get into this whole. I need to have an alibi in case you know yeah. the Bilgewater cops show up. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's Gangplank. He's the only one resembling cops. Or maybe not, because maybe he's dead. Who knows? Aside from that, it's fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I like the, that moment. It is very short, but I think it's so, it's an effective little scene for her to be in, right? It, it's helping to us to see more into, like, how ruthless she's being. I did like that she's got the, a hold of the gun, and it kind of, she has a moment of, like, being back and, like, remembering being in her mom's, like, workshop. 
You know, it's like, ooh, the smell mm-hmm. of the gun oil just kind of brings her back a little bit. I was like, oh, that's nice. That makes sense. That she would see a very <laughs> nice gun and kind of go back into that memory a little bit. So, mm. it's solid. I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't waste time, know. either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I like. Like some other stories. <laughs> <laughs> no meandering. Straight to business. <laughs> now, next in the order, at least I had Shadow and Fortune. Uh, maybe. I can't... This is the one thing I don't know is if, like, uh, there are references to Shadow and Fortune in some of, like, the other ones. Maybe the... I thought there was. They might. There might be. I think that's fine. It's hard to say because the um, the comic, especially, feels like it's something that's happening very much immediately in the wake of Gangplank dying. That's true. Yeah, it does. Right. I do have comics listed separately mm. from oh, short stories. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Um, do we want to do the comic do first? Think... It doesn't. It doesn't matter that much, really. Yeah, comic is definitely either before this or between this and the next one. Oh, sure. sure. That one yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a direct <clears throat> link between the comic and the, what, Dead in the Water? Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 We'll, do the, we'll do those two separately. I think that makes sense. We'll just talk about Shadow and Force sure. now, which we've talked about a bunch. It's just following a yeah. heroine hitting Bilgewater kind of immediately after Gangplank has died. Uh, and for Misfortune's part, for Misfortune's part, she, she, she just kind of des- determines to set out and, and go out and into Bilgewater and fight the harrowing and I, I guess it's a lot of that's driven by just the fact that Gangplank never did that and she kind of wants to show the people of Bilgewater that she's not you know not him and better than him that was kind of my read on her motivation for it yeah it was a little um confusing because they mentioned a lot that this isn't their first harrowing she's done this before but then she seemed like really like a fish out of water when she went out there to fight but it makes sense that they all just kind of tended to hide. It also was like, Buildwater should be a little bit more prepared if this happens so frequently. <laughs> Do they not yeah. have like a tornado warning? Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it could be fine if you just wanted to get into the idea of they're getting worse, right? And I think maybe a few lines yeah, to help true. like peppered in like, oh, we've seen Harrowings before, but this is something else. You know, that's yeah. that would be, be fine. Um, they, and they do right. have a few things that are kind of almost like that now that I think about it. But they're, they're very late into the story. Um, <laughs> Because like you said, she kind of goes out and doesn't really seem to realize that some of the things she's doing are not going to be effective at fighting ghosts, <laughs> which would yeah. seem like something you know beforehand. <laughs> in any yeah, case, she's, like, she, she's like, I dip my bullets in rum. We're good. We're good. <laughs> what kind of rum? <laughs> Malibu. Malibu's dark, baby. Malibu dark. <laughs> anyway, so she, she sets out uh, to go fight, scenario. right? Mm-hmm. And um, Raffin and, and a lot of her crew, I guess, they, they stay with her. They won't let her go out alone. So they go out to fight in Cut Purse Square. And it seems like they're kind of holding their own. And then they kind of realize everything that they just, like, killed with their bombs and their guns and their tanks and their bombs um, <laughs> is not actually dying. It's <laughs> like cranberries, Raff, I know. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Our audience is way too young, but what a song! What a yeah, pop. Right? And they're zombies. It all it. fits. <laughs> <laughs> That's John Six parody. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, they're they're not. They think they're kind of holding their own, and they realize we're not having any effect. And then Lucian comes and saves them. And so she kind of she and Lucian kind of team up for a bit, and they just decide to kind of go back to Ilawi's temple because there was a little bit of an interaction with Ilawi early on where. Misfortune was putting one of her, uh, a guy who took a bullet for her uh, into the mm-hmm. ocean, and Lowey kind of shows up and gives her that little, like, 
you know, you've let a fucking razor eel off the, the line. You gotta fucking kill it before it bites you in the ass. And she said it a little <laughs> more succinctly than I did, to be fair. <laughs> um, but they get to the, they, they head to the temple. Lucian breaks off to fight fight Thresh eventually. They team up with Olaf at some point. They get to the temple. They hold out against the the dead. And just as the dead and Hecarim kind of are breaking in, uh, Ilawi uh, channels Nagakaboros and, you know, casts out the dead. And so Misfortune, they, they survive through the night, at least. Misfortune and a handful of her crew. Seems like she lost a lot of people. Um, and then she has a little interaction with Lucian where, you know, she's kind of telling Lucian, like, oh, you know, you'll you'll lose yourself in revenge if you, you know, chase it too long or something like that. <laughs> and uh, that's mostly... That's mostly it. I think this is also might be where they talk a bit about um, her and her her crew continuing to try and like fill the power vacuum at the start and like sending crews mm-hmm. against like other gangs against each other. Right. Yeah. The subterfuge that Raffin's working on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like the little lesson at the end uh, for Misfortune to teach Lucian. Hopefully, he remembers that. <laughs> I also am glad that Miss Fortune knows that lesson now. Hopefully she doesn't do anything that counteracts that. <laughs> yeah. This is like one of the minor I liked a lot of her lore, but this is certainly one of the little things where I feel like we hit like a we hit like a little stumbling point when it comes to like you know, they want to play with this idea of is she gonna kind of end up being like gangplank, just be this ruthless, violent killer? Is she gonna really try and commit to what she wants to do and, you know, be better than all that? Um, which is an interesting question, but it sometimes feel like it gets walked back sometimes, or it, it changes a little. It's a little fair weather, yeah. depending on who's writing it, maybe. <laughs> that seems to be the case. Mm. My favorite part of this story, I already complained about it to John, is that seasoned bounty hunter and pirate captain Misfortune could not say explicitly that Gangplank and Alawi fucked. Alawi <laughs> <laughs> came around, she's like, I heard she and Gangplank used to, you know. <laughs> Do the, it. The deed. They they did it. They touched babies. <laughs> they, they bumped tentacles. I love that she doesn't actually know what sex is. It's like kiss. Uh, she ass. thinks I it's think something entirely it. different. <laughs> yeah, they say shit a lot. That's about that's about yeah, as, as PG thirteen as we can get. They'll say shit and like bitch occasionally. Bitch was in the short short story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll throw a bitch or two yeah, in there. Yeah, once you get mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get <laughs> one non-sexual rules. fuck, uh, right? <laughs> one non-sexual <laughs> fuck. That's the PG thirteen rule. Hell yeah. yeah. But yeah, the I think with this one, and we talked about about it every other time we talked about it. The depiction of Bilgewater being under assault by the heroine is very cool as an image. And they do mm-hmm. have lines about how every year the mist is getting higher. Eventually, there won't be any refuge. Um, for Misfortune's part, though, I still do feel a little fuzzy, like you were saying, Rebecca. Like, why exactly is she going out here to do this? Feels like mm-hmm. something that's so suicidal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, to to touch a little bit on the point too, you mentioned when they were talking about how they used to do it, and then <laughs> Raffin was like. By the bearded lady, no wonder Akoa's men have been giving us such a hard time these last few weeks. It's a good callback because Alawi probably just told Akoa's men to give them a hard time after she gave Gangplank the judgment. Oh, At the yeah. end of that Alawi story, she was like, all right, go go tell Akoa's men to support Gangplank's bid for the city. That's yeah. really the reason why they'd been giving them such a hard time the past few weeks. Sure. That's that's nice, too. All it's it's a nice together. kind of like... Yeah. 
it, it, it's like you can very neatly place it on the timeline, despite how much trouble we seem to be having. Doing <laughs> I, know, <right? laughs> I had a I had a question. So I said like a, a jackknife burn lay inside the barrel, finally dead from the gut shot he'd taken on the day everything changed. The day the Deadpool exploded in full view of Bilgewater, a gunshot meant for her. Where was that gunshot? Because she was on a totally different ship. <laughs> they, they were like watching it from a safe distance. Who the fuck tried to shoot her? It was a long day, man. Oh. <laughs> it was kind of, this was like hours later. It was actually just a misfire. <laughs> a complete right. like weapons handling accident. <laughs> Whoopsie. Well, he he still took uh, the bullet, so we got to, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I like during the fight, too. So Raffin is under the impression that he has a sunsteel dagger. Which is like super high quality Damasian steel, um, which Misfortune actually apparently actually does have a, a sun steel weapon. But uh, she just kind of looks at Raffin's dagger and immediately knows that he got swindled. <laughs> yeah, she knows she it without even looking at the the blade. She's just like, "Oh, the quillions yeah. on it aren't good enough." That's no nope. any he got, <laughs> anyone would know that. It seems poor Raffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she also kissed a statue of um, oh Tom Kench <laughs> for, yeah. for good luck, I guess. It seemed like uh, she was just like, you know, you're just so crazy. It's like one of those things where like you're so freaked out you just start laughing because it's like you're just so <laughs> caught up in it. You're so freaked out you kiss the big catfish you, Tom you, Kench. You know he had his tongue out. He's got his tongue out all the time. <laughs> Maybe they do it for good luck. Everyone goes and kisses the, kisses he- the Kench. She kissed his toothy smile or something like that. So, uh, kiss the kench. <laughs> uh, Raffin has a quote during this fight too that says, uh, "Don't tell, don't tell me the fight's not done." He snapped. I've been through more harrowings than you could wrap a dead rat's tail around. <laughs> and I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, it also seems fortune. like misfortune doesn't know exactly. Yeah. She what didn't that know what means. it meant either. It reminded me of like. Mark, how you will just say like Texas things sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> which just no one's ever heard of. I get that. I follow that. Yeah, but rat's exactly tails aren't very really long. I don't, I don't know. Right? Is it like how your can nails you fit more than like, one harrowing in there? Right. Like how like the rumor that your nails and hair continue to grow when you die, like a dead rat's tail just continues mm. to grow. Maybe that's what oh, it's. Oh. Oh. oh, neat. Or maybe Bilgewater just has some like nasty rats too. Oh, they sure. do nasty rats. In almost <laughs> any description of, like, of Bilgewater, it is it's like the nastiest fucking place you could ever hope it to be. It does seem real gross. Uh, fucking nasty. <laughs> <laughs> So you know the the scene in this story when they're on that bridge and they're looking down and they see the slaughter docks and um, the rat town underneath where like the, the mist is kind of getting ever higher. Mm-hmm. So when I was playing the Ruined King game, I specifically looked out for this bridge and I don't think it exists. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll need to send a strongly worded letter to uh, Airship Syndicate <laughs> and Riot. <laughs> Hey guys, Excuse <laughs> go back and fix me. this, please. You fucked up. I could be red shirt guy from that one BlizzCon. <laughs> you know, at least they you mentioned the the gondolas, right? Google red shirt guy from BlizzCon. You'll get it. You'll. I get know what it. you're talking about. It's an yeah, out of season know. April you... Fool's joke. 
Uh, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. I'll give him a pass on that one. <laughs> um, and once I, I brought this up in the Heck Room episode, I'm going to bring it up again. <laughs> Hecarim oh. roared and swept his glaive at Alawi's neck. Misfortune's blade intercepted it in a clashing flare of sparks. Bullshit. You're not going to block a glaive with a sword, especially mounted on horseback. What do you take me All for, right. Riot? So, okay, I, I remember I remembered this little interaction, and I did notice that when he does that, he is not, like, charging forward in any way. He's from a standstill. Like, he has kind of stepped into the room and is swinging. Does that change anything? anything? It does not. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> oh. Uh, last thing I had here for this one. Uh, Thank the goddess, said Alawi. An- this was after like the goddess had saved them. And she mm. was like, thank you, Alawi. This was Alawi's response. Thank the goddess. Make an offering. Something big. I will, said Miss Fortune. You'd better. My god dislikes empty promises. The veiled threat rankled. And for a moment, she thought about putting a bullet through the priestess's skull. <laughs> Which seems like a bit of an overreaction, yeah, Miss Fortune. She just had a really stressful night. And, you know. Sometimes you just, you just got to shoot it out. No boys, <laughs> just shoot it out tonight. Uh, just pirates being pirates. I guess so. Tell you what, man. Yeah. yeah I don't have much All else right, for this next? one. I think next one up. And again, big question marks all over the place. But uh, actually, do we want to skip to the comic and then go to Dead in the Water? Yeah, I think yeah, you got to do, so. the do the comic first. Because there's, yeah. mm-hmm. there's, there's a character who shows back up. Yeah. This one's written by Anthony Birch. I don't know who did the art. I only saw an Anthony Birch credit on it, but surely he <laughs> didn't Because why would it. you credit an artist on a comic? What did they even have to do with the process? <laughs> I'll, I'll go through it real quick when you're... Because I thought there were credits at the very end of Okay, the that might be my bad then. That'd be nice. Let me see. Yeah, go it might ahead, be though. my bad too, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna admit it. Admit <laughs> it. No, we're just we just put the blame on Riot. Thanks a lot, Riot. We can't ever credit this thing correctly. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they usually suck at this. So. Exactly right. Um, maybe that's my fault for not defaulting to trust, but it's their fault for burning me a few times. Anyway, uh, so this one's called Fortune Smiles, and again, timeline's a little questionable, but essentially, kind of in this power vacuum that still sort of exists post Gangplank. Uh, misfortune oh, it's is actually six good. months. Six months. Yeah, you're right. It is six months. Yeah, fuck. I completely which forgot actually about that. does put it after Shadow and Fortune. I knew that. If a yeah, you're right. We're just giving them problems. Yeah. Damn. She's having a. She just doesn't get any fucking better. Which is, I guess, is necessary for that character for her as a character almost, right? Yeah. Here are all the credits. I don't know which ones. Oh, sweet. Okay, we got art and cover: Ramon Perez, colorist: Michelle Azaracicorn, uh, letterer: Cardinal Ray. Uh, senior editor Ellie Pyle, art director Eric Kinnett, production artist Gabriella Downey, and logo design Edette Weincourt. All the credits. Woo! Beautiful. Yeah, like okay, I was saying, Riot anyway. doesn't credit anything. At- <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Riot. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks for pulling those up. I feel bad now. Yeah. No, no, no. It's at the very end. But yeah, six months, I guess. So this is a bit a bit extended time since Gangplank's fall. I kind of I knew that number was floating around in my head for a reason. <laughs> He really yeah. hid for a long time, huh? I mean, I knew he was yeah. hiding still, but I didn't realize that like six plus months were going by and he's just hanging out at home, I guess. <laughs> I mean, technically speaking, ruination time 
was the first time that Miss Fortune even was made aware that he was alive. Like, she finds that out during the Ruined King game. So he hid a real fucking long time. That's how you keep a low profile right there. Right, Miss Fortune? (laughs) (laughs) She took a different tag. Anyway, so apparently there is a some sort of ruling body aside from whoever is the strongest and they are called the Conclave of Corsairs and essentially it is three guys uh, the only one I remember is called Burke uh, but there's a couple others and they're all you know they're all evil pirate captains essentially and she comes to the parlay and what they kind of relay to her is hey uh, we're going to take half your crew and we're going to divvy them up amongst ourselves and maybe some other stuff. They're essentially making a massive power play and like taking a huge amount of her power base, right? And at the time, she's like, okay, I'll deal with this. I just need to get one of these people on my side. And the one who, during this initial sort of parlay, seems the most uh, amicable to such an agreement is, is Burke, in particular. You know, of course, the the, the square jawed, you know, blonde, you know, handsome, uh, dashing <laughs> captain Malfoy. type. <laughs> yeah, so she, they go. They have a a fine dinner where she's decked out in a nice, you know, ball gown, and they're having a little like back and forth. And and then there's a little bit of an internal monologue running with her too, where she like she's looking out over his estate. She's like, "Oh, it's beautiful." And then internally, she's like, "And this is where he says, you know, it doesn't hold the candle to me." And then he immediately like follows right along with the. The script of like uh, it doesn't it doesn't compare to you, etc. And they kind of almost get to a little. You. <laughs> they almost get into a little embrace, um, and then he makes like an innuendo about his hand, and and then the the whole facade crumbles a little bit. And she's like, uh, uh you almost got me." And he's like, uh, "You almost got me too." I I pushed it too far, didn't I? And then the the, the mask kind of comes off, and he's like, "Okay, what do you want?" She's like, "Well, I need I need an ally on the the, the council, right?" Um, those two are old friends. They're going to turn on you anyway. So two versus two is better than one versus three in this situation. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. I'm with you. And she immediately is like, oh, fuck. That's not good. <laughs> he, if he was going to actually agree with me, he wouldn't have agreed with me right then. He would have argued a bit. Um, he is not going to honor this shit. So it kind of ends up in a bit of a... Does that, did they have an actual shootout at that point? They did. Yeah. yeah. He, he shot at her. She didn't have any guns. <laughs> yes. The point is, is that the there is no... He has no intention he of honoring He actually had her deal. guns. Yeah, you're right. Yes, oh, you're right. right. He actually gets yeah. a whole of her guns. taken her guns at the parlay, and yeah. then when they stripped her of you know her power, they never gave them back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, you know... Which I guess I like that, you know, she knows that, oh, he's not prepared for how they're going to recoil. I have like one shot that I can kind of get away under before he, he adjusts. Uh, in any case, she kind of goes underground a bit. And so um, at one point, one of the other captains gets this note like, hey, we need to talk about Miss Fortune. Come meet at this warehouse at X time. And these three captains all show up and it kind of comes out like, hey, did you organize this? Like, I didn't organize this. Did you organize this? I didn't organize this. And then lo and behold, <laughs> the guard taking everyone's guns at the parlay is misfortune. And she fucking kills all of them except for Burke, whose hand she blows off and kind of tells him, if I ever fucking see you again, I'm going to kill you. And I guess there's a little book ending and that at the start in that first parlay, one of the guys whose names I don't remember is like, Crow. oh, you know, smile, you know. And at the end, she's like, hey, blank, whose name I didn't catch from John just now. I am smiling. Crow. And then fucking shoots him. <laughs> Hence, Fortune smiles, right? Like, that's the... Yeah. 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 Um, I liked this. I liked um, how she... I mean, she has this moment. She doesn't want to be like Gangplank, and that's why she doesn't want to kill these guys. 
And then in the end, she's like, well, I might be a little bit like it. <laughs> mm. Not but really a little I think, bit. I think she's still not. I mean, the fact that she really tried to make something else work and it didn't work. They were straight up going to kill her. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she did her best. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the through line with her. And that's why I know you didn't watch it, but that sur- little surrender animation is actually like... I think it's a really good one because it's totally telling us exactly what she's going through as a character and that she's constantly trying to like give the benefit of the doubt to Bilgewater, which is like the worst place to give the benefit of the doubt to. And it's constantly <laughs> yeah. like trying to bite her in the ass. And the way that that mm-hmm. like hardens somebody, I think is a really cool thing for, to like try and explore through her, you know, mm-hmm. but she still seems to keep trying, which I like too, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you said, there's that yeah. neat mention where, I think Burke, when they're having their little talk, he asks her, like, oh, what was it like when you got your revenge against Gangplank? And she lists out about, like, five mm-hmm. or six emotions internally um, that are, like, contrary, right? Like, oh, it was elation, and it was empty, and it was invigorating, and, and tired, like, tiring. I don't remember what the exact words were, but just, yeah. like, all that big storm of emotions. And then, of course, her own, she just says to him, felt fine. You know, she didn't <laughs> let any of that show. She didn't let him see her sweat in that way, you know? Yeah. And then, uh... And then this led dead in the water. This sure. was the Ray only McNeil. story that I feel like we really hadn't touched on. The only like big story. So all of it was really new. Yeah. yeah I had read this um, they mentioned for, because a bunch things. of other champions are mentioned in this. There so are. if you go by the wiki on like, oh, mentioned here, it'll come up a lot. So I had read it before and I don't even know which one of the million champions it was for. I assume it was Fizz. Uh, That's my guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They mentioned Fizz once in one line, and there was nothing else with Fizz going on, so you probably read it then. Probably. (laughs) But it's good. I like this one maybe the most of all of them, I might say. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So this one's by Graham McNeil. I think almost all of her stuff's by Graham McNeil, at least the stuff specific to her. Right. Uh, It is following her and Raffin, and they are all done up for the... They got their dress to the nines, and they're rowing out to go see off one of some prolific captain who has died. And it seems like there was a tradition that when that happens, there's kind of a little temporary truce. They love their little temporary truces and parlays, etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everyone goes to kind of like send them off, you know, etc. To kind of a wake type situation. Now this guy is kind of very prolific for being a super miser. He also, he like was rumored to never ever pay the toll to the, the bearded lady. Which I know we've talked about before, and we even saw it before. You gave the gu- she gave the the gun over, which that does come up as they're rowing in. That Raffin is like, I remember the time you know, I was supposed to get that Hextech carbine rifle, and some somebody <laughs> sent it to the bearded lady instead. But uh, they get up. Poor Raffin. Yeah, poor Raffin can't catch a break. Um, I like Raffin, and I like their little interactions. You know, he's like this yeah. like older guy who like has her back, and they 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 mm-hmm. snipe at each other, but it's all love. And. uh they get on up, they take everyone's weapons as they are wont to do, and there are a few captains on board. There is Blackston, I think was her name. Um, is that right? I remember there's, there's an X. It's like Blanton or something like that. Blackston sounds right, but... Something or other. There's an X John in there and it sounds notes. like that. Who's who's mm-hmm. just... I, like Immediately comes up Misfortune is already just visibly drunk. Um there's, <laughs> is it Thorn? I want to say is another one of the captains. There's a Thorn, thorn for, sure. for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, who was I think one of the underlings beneath one of the guys she killed in the previous uh, comic, <laughs> uh, and so just you know he's just a little little guy who's kind of a survivor. He's like a scummy, you know, black toothed 
little piece of shit who just like always manages to survive and kind of make his way. He somehow has become captain. Uh, Burke, our friend Burke, one-handed Burke, ruined King game. doing his best uh, Jamie Lannister impression as his hand <laughs> has been shot off. Has now been he's got a nice like Zahn or Piltoven, maybe a mix replacement. Yeah, he's got mm-hmm. a, got a Zahnite Savika arm. Yeah, he does. Um, I think that's them. It's the four of them who are are mostly there. And yeah, there's like a, a bunch of other captains there, sure. I think, but we don't get their names. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. are the important ones. Yeah. There's a little bit of a skeleton crew that's running the ship, and then, like you said, yes, it's these four captains who are kind of hanging out. Even though they don't like each other, and she, when she sees Burke, she first runs up and starts beating the shit out of him. And Raffin has to kind of like <laughs> yeah. hold her back, like, you're not supposed to be doing any of this right now. Stop. This is kind of tradition. <laughs> and so if she can't fight him, instead, they're going to get a little drunk together. So they're drinking this shitty rum, and things are starting to get a little loose. Uh, and the whole time, they've got this really nice cannon, very exquisite cannon that... Uh, the dead, the, so the dead captain they're going to see, his name is Ali. Is that right? Like a light, but yeah, without the T. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Supposed to have Ali's body in it. And eventually, and there's a serpent caller as well who's been just kind of on the decks, um, who's like masked up with like, he's got like a dead, dried, like squid body as part of his mask and like coral. <laughs> um, so you can't see his face. Now, eventually, they all kind of gather up like, oh, okay, we're going to do the little ceremony now. Um, and things are starting to feel a little weird. Like Raffin kind of steps off for a second and hasn't come back. And the deck is kind of like shifting very normally. And then something kind of changes with how it's floating. And the serpent collar starts kind of getting a little, starts talking in a way that's very like, <laughs> you, you, you know, some one person, you have all failed. You know, one person's going to lead us all to, you know, glory or whatever. And then Misfortune kind of realizes, oh, this is a big trap. And what's happened is that Ali is not dead. He has loaded this cannon that was supposed to have his body with, uh, like, grape shot. You know, like a bunch of shrapnel shot. Um, and as they're doing this ceremony where all the captains kind of gathered up at the head, he just turns the cannon on them and blows it into the crowd and kills a bunch of people. And then at the same time, a bunch of the skeleton crew from down below, you know, rush up and start killing off the injured uh, survivors. Um, so Misfortune's kind of scrambling. There's this pair of, like, tattooed twins who she's, like, fighting off. She's got a couple of stilettos hidden as, like, hairpins in her hair, and she's, like, barely surviving. Um, and I don't remember the exact timeline of how this exactly works, but eventually something crests the water, and it's fucking Nautilus, and it's fucking cool. <laughs> I can't stress enough. He's, like, just this huge hulking thing coming out of the water. Meanwhile, like, Misfortune's trying to fight off these twins, and Eli's just going mad. Um... And Nautilus just comes and just wrecks the ship. He just breaks it in half with his anchor, and he just throws the anchor through. And, you know, Misfortune's trying to, like, grab on to part of the ship as it's tilting up. And she's, like, Eli is hanging on to her and, like, determined to take her down with him. Um, and eventually she, I think she stabs him in the neck, and he kind of lets go. And Nautilus kind of grabs him with this big, massive, you know, ham <laughs> fist and uh, takes him down below. So Misfortune's on one end of the, you know, broken in half ship. You know, as it's sinking down, she sees of the few that have survived on the other half, one of them is Burke, who has uh, conspired with Eli to have all this happen. And he's like, ah, you never should have trusted. And he says, as she like puts a <laughs> noose around his neck and like sends him tumbling down into the water. And eventually Raffin shows up and Raffin um, is all fucked up because Raffin had gone down below and run into a bunch of the skeleton crew who were getting ready about murder everybody. So he had to fight his way out. Got a ship, came around, and saves Misfortune. So they kind of sail off as the remains of the ship finally sink down. And she does see, um, scrambling onto the rocks, the one survivor, I think, is Thorn. <laughs> it's like, it's always the rats that survive, isn't it? 
<laughs> I think that's yeah, mostly I think, it. Um, I think Raffin also had the the other woman captain yeah. who we can't oh, yes, remember you're her right. name. Yeah. Blackston, yeah, whatever. She her was name injured. Is. Blackston, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not expect Nautilus to come. <laughs> right. They kept mentioning like um he'd never paid his you know, dues to the sea. So obviously I was like, okay, at some point they're going to get attacked. But in Bilgewater, it seems like there's a lot of people in the water you need to pay your dues <laughs> to. <laughs> I was like, dime. is Pike? Because like, I know Pike, they also um, have mentioned in the story, Pike's mentioned Fizz, Nautilus. So I wasn't sure. But then, yeah, I, I, I don't know Nautilus's lore. So I wasn't positive it was coming. It was yeah. him. Yeah, they mentioned Pike as the uh, the the Harbor Ripper. Mm-hmm. They got Fizz in here. They got Nautilus. They mentioned they're on uh, the coral of Nami's people. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that Misfortune saw that she wasn't feeding the sea gold for no reason. Mm. She <laughs> sure, feel vindicated. Yeah, <laughs> she's vindicated exactly. Because Nautilus was, I mean, he didn't care who else went down with the ship, but he was only there for a lie. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. The twins were up. cool, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the little paragraph where he shows up, I got about halfway through it before I had to, like, kind of go back through. I was like, wait a minute, is this is this Nautilus? Because I just assumed it was going to be a big sea monster, like you said. And I was like, but it's carrying an yeah. anchor, and it's got this domed helmet. And, like, and then she says, it's Nautilus. But it was nice to kind of discover yeah. that as a reader. Like, oh, shit. And they're talking about how he's, like, dragging the chains of, like, uh, like a hundred, like, anchors or ships or something like that, like, along on his, his armored body or some shit. It's very cool. Yeah. 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 I always knew he was supposed to be bigger, you know? Because I, I think he's been in some portrayals of... You know, in art and stuff, he's the, a new dawn was like the I feel yeah. like the oh, best, wasn't uh, a new dawn, yeah. That portrait. he's just huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got that energy here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had uh, so I liked a lot of things about this. Yeah. Um, you know, it. So I read the term three sheets to the wind," <laughs> and I've heard that term a lot, <laughs> and I never actually looked up what it meant. Uh, in case you're wondering. Isn't it drunk. drunk. Yeah, <laughs> it just means drunk. So mm-hmm. any any fogging Molly fans out there? Yep, that's where I know it from. <laughs> <laughs> Three sheets to the wind. <laughs> Three sheets to the wind. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, another thing. So one thing I liked about this is that there was a lot of mention about a lot of description of people's outfits, yeah. which sounds <laughs> <They> weird, <laughs> but like. All the outfits are made with material that is available in Bilgewater, which I really liked. Like they mentioned that, um, you know, one of the, I think it was one of the twins had a helmet made out of scuttle crab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole armor was made of out of people. crab even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And tons of articles of clothing are described as tentacle wrapped, which I know in my head <laughs> they probably, it's their version of leather probably. And it's probably <laughs> dried, but in my head too everyone just had wriggly <laughs> tentacles coming off all their clothes sure yeah someone's got like a manta fin it's like a hat or a cape i don't know but there's a i i picked on the, up on that as well and it was really cool to picture what these people looked like with their weird fish outfits you know <laughs> yeah and we talked in uh progress day about how graham mcneil also loves to throw in like colloquialisms <laughs> that seem regional and uh, just an example of that here, 
Now I know how a fat wave rider feels when it finds itself surrounded by a pack of hungry longtooths. <laughs> Doesn't Misfortune do something where she like taps like one of her eyes with it, like her right eye with her left thumb twice? Oh, yeah. As like a little thing to ward yeah. off evil. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Well, it one. didn't work, MF. Yeah. Well, she didn't die, I so. Say. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of speaking of that story and uh, of Burke's arm. It specifically says that he got his arm from uh, Geisbert, who is oh, Tamara's yeah. friend from the um, from the Progress, Progress Day, Day story. Mm. Yeah, he uh, he had failed his his apprenticeship um, audition for Clan Medarda, and apparently he now uh, found an apprenticeship in Zahn instead, and he made the hand for Burke. Mm. Yeah. That's neat. I, I I did remember that mostly because he. It's I'm pretty sure it's Bear, but <laughs> but I like Guy Geisbert. <laughs> I see his letters and I read them. Sure, I'm very Bilgewater of you. <laughs> that's what yeah. they. Def- that's definitely what they call him in Bilgewater. So. Yeah, that would have been great actually if he if he had uh, been able to communicate that pronunciation in that way. <laughs> Burke is refined. He's a classy gentleman, or was a classy gentleman. <laughs> but um um another Myron's dark reference in this story. Sure. Gotta count them. Mm-hmm. Uh the ship that we're on by the way is the ship that apparently sank Dark Will's Glory. Which is uh I assume old born Dark Will's old uh ship. Yeah, I feel like there was some ship that we read that was called that. Or maybe it was some other thing that also was Oh no, it was just called the Dark Will with some other ship or something like that. Mm. They they must have used that a lot for a while. <laughs> uh, also, another callback. Uh, I think it was after she punched Burke, right? Where she uh, she looked at him and was like, "Hey, look how I'm smiling." <laughs> we got oh, another maybe. one. <laughs> yeah, she's really into that one. <laughs> um, let's see what I got here. Uh. Oh yeah, and the reason the reason you know Nami shit came up too is because the captain Alai apparently claimed that he was part Marai on his mother's side. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Do you think that was or, uh, a Nami's lie? People. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking about. I was like not really paying attention to his name that much when I was reading it, and then I was like, "All right, how does this pronounce Alai?" Oh God, subtle riot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. His name is Low Key. <laughs> Her name is Miss Fortune. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, One bone to pick with this story. Okay. It's during Eli's massive uh, rambling session. Sure. All other graveyards show symbols of distinction between great and small, rich and poor, but the king, the fool, the prince, and the peasant are all the same to the ocean. Which we find out in the you know description of bilgewater is not strictly true because according to you know bilgewater customs the wealthy are interred within expensive submerged caskets below lavish bobbing tombstones while the poor are tied on mass to old anchors beneath waterlogged barrels yeah i i, I agree you know throw all their dead in the ocean that's right there yeah that's why the water's so fucking gross mm. oh, surely doesn't God. help um <laughs> You know, maybe maybe that's just trying to tell us about a lie, and that if he if it was 
if he had things his way, they wouldn't do that, and everyone would just get dumped in there. Mm. Yeah, no harm, no foul, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe he sees it as a big mm-hmm. waste of money. Because he's so <laughs> greedy. That does sound nice. like him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the story is a lot of fun. Um, wasn't bored at all. Like, I, like across each thing, the the descriptions of everything very vivid. You know, very Graham McNeil in that way. But it it really helps. <laughs> like, in my mind, I thought it helped really pull me into the story and what was going on. And it was nice. It was like the the character interactions were a lot of fun. Like, it was fun even they're drinking this shitty, shitty cheap rum that Eli <laughs> has kind of prepared for his wake. And Misfortune and Burke are both like, this is fucking awful. And Burke like pours his out. Uh, but the Blackston, I don't know what her name was. I'm just going to go with Blackston. Um, like she's already <laughs> three sheets to the wind. So she's drinking. It's like, oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, We've yeah. all hit that point. That, well, that's when you know you got to stop drinking when mm. even the bad stuff tastes good. Right. As soon as I can drink beer, that's when I, that's, that's that for me. <laughs> so I like, have a beer and I'm like, maybe beer's not so bad. <laughs> John's <wait."> fucked up. <laughs> wait <a minute. laughs> he needs to be cut off. <laughs> Now the last, and this isn't necessarily a story, um, but the last thing that she's kind of a, a part of that's pretty lore heavy is the Ruined King game. Oh, I'm not going to talk about the ruination. <laughs> Thank you. Just her part in the Ruined King game. Okay. Yeah, and that's if true. If you haven't played the Ruined King and don't want any spoilers, skip ahead a few minutes. <laughs> uh, so this kind of picks up where um, Miss Fortune's still fighting the good fight. She's still uh, struggling to unite gangs under her rule. Um, and she's afraid that she's going to have to become a monster like Gangplank. Um, but her first mate, Raffin, reassures her, no, you can be different. Uh, we also open the game with Fortune meeting Captain Thorn again. Mm. <laughs> He comes back and uh, they're negotiating his allegiance and he's like, nah, I'm good. So they fight and she fucking murders him and then offers her offers his crew a place under her. Um, and uh, later in the story, uh, Alawi reveals that Gangplank is alive to Misfortune and he's bringing another harrowing with her. So Fortune joins the party to kick some ass. Um, and she seems much more focused on killing Gangplank rather than saving Bilgewater, which doesn't sit great with Alawi. Um, eventually they capture Gangplank, and Misfortune's going to take him to Bilgewater for execution. Alawi comes clean that she actually knew the Gangplank was alive the whole time, which, to be fair, I feel like Misfortune took that news better than I was expecting her to. <laughs> uh, I mean, she was pissy, but she didn't murder her like... She was thinking about she was doing thinking, yeah. just because Alawi said, don't lie. <laughs> uh, in the final confrontation, Viego tries to tempt Misfortune with the power to finally destroy GP, um, but she holds strong and defeats him, not giving into the temptation. Quickly yeah. following that scene, Raffin informs Misfortune that Gangplank has broken free from their hold, so Misfortune decides to continue killing anyone sympathetic to him, makes killing him her sole priority. So another one of those big old 180s that I feel like maybe they specifically put into this game to justify her random heel turn in the Ruination visual novel. That's my guess. Yeah, I, I think that's certainly the case. Because, um, yeah, you know, it... Uh... I think it's hard because when you look, if you wanted to look at it without that, it makes even less sense why she would then be like, all right, ruin me. I know earlier I said no. Nah. Ruin here. me, Viego. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but even then, right, it doesn't really feel pretty particularly earned, in my opinion, because it's like, yeah. this is like the big question of what's going to happen with the character. I think we need to really, if we're going to land on one side, it needs to be really like, you would think the, like, Alawi, like, revealing that she had lied and done all this might have been the point to make that turn for, for misfortune. Yeah, you'd think. But. Hmm. Uh, and then she's mentioned in a few short stories, but, you know, doesn't play a leading part. Uh, she's mentioned in Double Down, which is a TF story where he's cheating someone in a card game in Fortune's Glory, uh, when MF and a man with an eye patch try to capture him, and then he just disappears with the money. He's also in The Burden, uh, which is that story we talked about where Gangplank meets up with Alawi, um, and he's whining to her about, yeah, MF sank my ship, and Alawi doesn't care. Um <laughs> At the end of it, Alawi does decide to go have that talk with MF, though, where she cryptically hints that GP's probably still alive. Um, <laughs> uh, and she also says that Nagakaboros will need to test the bounty hunter soon, which technically happens in The Ruined King. She doesn't go through, like, the the Alawi testing mm-hmm. the Gangplank went to, but you do just literally fight an avatar of Nagakaboros who puts mm. all your party members to the test, so... Sure. It counts. Yeah. Uh, she's in the Saltwater Scourge, which is Gangplank's bio. She only shows up in the context of having taken him out, not him having killed her parents, which is a little <laughs> surprising. <laughs> um, and finally, she shows up in Destiny and Fate, where uh, Graves and TF are begrudgingly respectful of the fast one MF pulled on them. And in the end of the story, this is kind of the one where they're stealing that crown from the Sea Witch. Uh, we get to see MF making the deal with the Sea Witch to trade Graves and TF in exchange for her quartermaster and a lot of treasure, mm. which is an interesting bit that I feel is kind of left out of the cinematic. You only see the return of the quartermaster. You don't get to see how much money she got on top of that. <laughs> that <would've laughs> Makes it great. look way more altruistic than <laughs> it really was. Yeah. <laughs> Some fat sacks of loot right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't have much to add from it from any of those. Like you said, she's just kind of in the outsk- in the edges in a lot of those. Mm-hmm. I almost like the idea of Gangplank not at all remembering or knowing about killing her parents. Very, uh, you know, like, oh, the day M. Bison came to your village type situation, <laughs> right? Like, he's like, I don't care. I've killed a hundred fucking Gundams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or whatever. It was Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Now she has some old lore. Old bio is basically the same, but uh, it ends with uh, her two goals, to unite the people of Bilgewater, making them into a strong and independent society, and to find the pirate who killed her mother. To that end, she has entered the League of Legends (laughs) as a champion, trading her skills for the wealth and influence that will help her accomplish both. Sure. Because I right. guess it wasn't so Gangplank. Was... It didn't used to be Gangplank. I was going to say, right. so... It was just a mystery. It, wasn't it was a red-eyed man. Uh, sure. Sure. Whatever. They, le- they left a letter there with just a C on yeah. it. <laughs> yep, that's... Yep. <laughs> Took it right out of my There's a letter mouth. that had a GP. It could have been anyone. <laughs> could have been anyone. <laughs> Pinned down with an orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is remarkably uh, similar, frankly. It's interesting. Yeah, not a lot changed. Mm. And she has a judgment. She Ooh. was around for judgments. She was. Um, 
<laughs> I, I actually, I, di- I didn't write down a lot of the specifics about the judgment. What I did write down were just wild quotes that <laughs> yeah. they just decided to throw in here. I know what you, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, we'll start with this one. Misfortune spills into the great hallway with the same tenacity that she spills into her silk blouse. Both taxed to contain her. Oh my god. Yes. She boobied boobily fuck down yeah. the stairs. Yeah, fuck One of yeah, those. dog. Yeah, yeah. She bounds across the tiles. The impact of every footfall ripples up the curves oh of her figure. Oh my god, Thunder, Riot. Yeah. <laughs> They're having a good time when they wrote this. Her breasts pointed directly <laughs> at him, indicating she was aroused. <laughs> Ye be a lucky one. I was hunting for mermaids. Fancy me let down when I spied your kickers. Her breath found rhythm. They don't disappoint many. They got some shape to be sure, but I seen better. Sarah stumbled to her feet, wet clothes matted to her body. There are none better. To be fair, or not to be fair, but like just for context, this is supposed to be like what happened immediately, like immediately after her family just got killed, right? Like she's like yeah, washed yep. up on shore and is like coughing out like Ew. salt water. Yeah. And, and is this, she supposed to be young still? Is this this kid? That's another kid about her age. Still. Because oh, an it's, adult it's... wrote it. A grown ass <laughs> man wrote it. Well, I assume when they say kickers, they come out legs. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know. I just find it more funny that like they're having this little interaction when she's just like had right. the most traumatic thing in the in her life. There's just always happened. time for some witty repartee. <laughs> right. Oh my god! Uh, and then and then that interaction ended when she opened her mouth, but before she could speak, the boy closed the distance and stole a lingering kiss. And her mom's comb. So, so he assaulted her. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and then scampered off into the undergrowth. <laughs> Yep. Right. I think that's what he does, like a <laughs> So, uh, so that's her judgment. Welcome to the cool. league, misfortune. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing really else goes on in that fort. That judgment. It's pretty boring, right? except for that. It's just kind of. No it's idea. very funny to to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, that's that's the lore we could have had. Right. Glad, glad we did a glad you, we did a quick old update. Aren't you right? <laughs> Aren't you disappointed that you don't get to have Always. this awesome shit? <laughs> now she does show up in a few episodes, or issues rather, of the Journal of Justice. <laughs> Favorite show. Favorite show. Uh, issue seven, raise your glass. A reporter gives recommendations for the best grog in Bilgewater. He recommends Rapture Rum, which is Misfortune's brew, brewed in Fortune's favor, because she adds a hint of cinnamon and pepper to keep you warm. Uh, they also recommend Gangplank's back Black Pearl Rum and Myron's Dark Rum. <laughs> Man, they've had that for a while. Yeah, yeah, this is Myron's Dark is older than the majority of champions in this game. <laughs> right? <laughs> they should make that a fucking item. Come on, right? Get rid of the biscuits. Right? Give Come us the on, rum. Right? We want the rum. <laughs> I will say, all this talk about it is making me want, wish I had a little rum to drink. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Myron's Dark. In case you want to know what's in it. Uh, it's dark in color with the aroma of woody molasses. Richer than its lighter relatives, the dark beauty finishes with an uncanny sweetness. Oh, thanks. Mm. Yeah. 
they put more work into describing that rum than misfortune in her own backstory. <laughs> <laughs> There's certainly more depth to that rum. <laughs> um, and then the last thing, issue 12, misfortune fights for Noxus against Ionia. Oh. <laughs> um, in they have recaps actually from the game. Uh, Ash was against Misfortune mid because that's where AD carries used to go <laughs> yeah. in oh, this shit. game. Yes. And guards guardsman Bob was on Udir, uh, ganked for first blood on Misfortune. <laughs> during a shocking moment during the match, Summoner Poisonidens link with Noxian champion Vladimir was lost, causing the battlefield to erupt with confusion. During the interruption, the Ionians respectfully called a halt to the battle until Poison Iden was able to relink with the champion. I fucking love this so canonical explanation <laughs> for Riot's shitty server. Because <laughs> oh this was 100% Riot's fault at the time, too, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then uh, wraps up with, uh, in the match's final moments, Roku, the summoner for Misfortune, along with the rest of the Noctian team, mounted a noble last stand against their impending defeat. Misfortune exacted revenge for giving up first kill when she successfully slayed the unstoppable Udir with help from her team. However, the Noxian defense was ultimately overwhelmed by the zealous Ionians when Soraka led the final push to destroy the Nexus in the Noxian base. Hmm. And I think this was before Roku was a rioter. He was probably just a just high-ranked a player. player at that point. Yeah, I think so. I, I would imagine. Um, which is still crazy to me. He went on to become a... Very high-ranking uh, rioter as well. Um, probably the design team would be my I would assume, yeah. test team. He's one of those people who knows how to play League of Legends. Oh, he knows <laughs> Remember shit. I used to watch him play. I watched him come back from like in a ranked game from three surrender votes as like I want to say Warwick or something, and he dragged his team to victory. It was like the most like refuse to lose play I've ever seen and will ever see in League of Legends. <laughs> she has one more article, by the different. way. In addition oh, to this. Oh, she does? Okay, I didn't see the last one. I think it's number 17. I, I didn't write it down. Um, but apparently in in Bilgewater, they have a... It's a kind of a drinking competition, but it's not so much like oh, how much you can drink. It's who can make the most caustic drink, and then who in turn can drink the most of it before calling for medical aid. And Gangplank <laughs> normally wins every year, but Misfortune made something that not only ate through like the table and the chair, but ate through the floor, whereas Gangplank's only got down to the floor. Uh... And apparently also what Gangplank bribes all the judges. And he was about to kill one of them for voting Misfortune as the winner. Um, but she was able to like, hey, wait, hey, let's just have a drink and calm it down. And so she saved this guy's life, essentially. <laughs> I don't know who actually uh, drank it. Right. Yeah. So- someone who's dead now. Yep. And the title you got for winning was Scab? It was like the, the Scab and, and something else competition. <laughs> scab and Crab or something like that. Well, that's not what you want. Yeah, those no, it's like not a good titles. title. No one wants to win to be the scab. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, she's also she also shows up in a short story called "The First Light After the Harrowing," which isn't necessarily like it's more of a timeline of events, which is mm-hmm. like a record of all the harrowings in the past. And misfortunes in the first one, in the Battle of Knife Straits where an armada from Bilgewater led by Misfortune and Captain Gangplank sailing together under an uneasy truce, because again, those pirates love their uneasy truces. <laughs> uh, they meet the Black Mist head-on, heavy casualties sustained, fleet scattered. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I find it. I just find it interesting. I guess that in the past, like her and GP would kind of tenuously burrow it up a little. (laughs) They didn't necessarily seem to like each other that much, but they weren't like they were just both happened to be kind of pirates. I guess her whole deal before was that she's, you know, she was a bounty hunter who specifically really didn't fucking like pirates, right? And so Mm. she was kind of the scourge to their scourge (laughs) or whatever, you know. So yeah, even, it's easier yeah. to bro it up with GP when he hasn't murdered your parents. It it does change <laughs> the landscape a little. <laughs> <laughs> and smash all the Gundams, of course. Right, 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 right. <laughs> now, she also shows up in several cinematics. Uh, first one, the Double Double Cross, which is directly after the events of that um, that short story... Uh, Destiny and Fate. Uh, Misfortune captures Graves and TF, and she trades them to the Sea Witch that Graves and TF stole the Abyssal Crown from in exchange for her kidnapped quartermaster. Uh, then the witch says she's going to sacrifice Graves and TF to the beasts below for a thousand years of torment. So Misfortune <laughs> feels bad for him and slides one of TF's cards through the box so they can escape. This was fun. Yeah. We talked about this one with Graves TF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a good one. Is this the... That's not my elbow. You're yeah, a big yeah. man line. <laughs> get get your elbow out of my mouth. That's not my elbow. You are a very big man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for all you who didn't see that ship coming, I mean. <laughs> it was right there. It's right there. Sucking elbows. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't suck elbows with your bros. <laughs> Just bros being bros, man. She also showed up in Kingdom, which was the cinematic for the Ruined King game, where MF and Alawi just walk into a bar and just absolutely wreck it, seemingly for no reason at all. <laughs> Not entirely sure what's happening here, but yeah, they just they just wreck this bar. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> they did something. Um, yeah. Uh, she's in the climb, kind of. She gets wrapped up in a tentacle underwater, and her ship... It seems like our ship got taken down by whatever this big tentacle monster is. Yeah. Not really sure what's happening here. It's a weird one. I'm it always thrown like... off, and I always expect it to get more in-depth, and then it never does. Right? It ends. Yeah. Like, as soon as you're like, oh, okay, I think I see what's happening here. I wonder what's going to... Oh, we're moving on? Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what's weird is that it seems like an Alawi tentacle, too. Like, they're not really right? odds in that way. It's, like, way. glowing, and... You know yeah. what? Who knows? It's weird. Uh, now, she's part of Surrender... Which is a, uh, we mentioned, is the thing that is linked on her uh, her universe page, which is another one of the character examination pieces. Um, in this one, MF gets attacked by a pirate captain. It's unclear whether it's on her own ship or whether it's the ship of a pirate she's collecting the bounty of. I couldn't really get a, a bead either way. Um, either way, she wrecks the whole crew, uh, takes some damage herself, takes a swig of some liquor on the way out, Um this was part of the animator workshop, um, and I'm actually I'm pretty sure that some of the test footage of this ended up in the Call of Power cinematic. It seems like um, it. It's definitely heavily inspired, at the very least. Uh, the part where she and Rise are hiding behind that bit of ship, mm-hmm. that's just like straight from the cinematic. They just added Rise to it. Yeah, um, for sure. And maybe, my one thought, maybe when they jump off the ship... 
that's what leads to the bit from the climb cinematic. Sure. Who knows? Why not, right? <laughs> I would we don't see say... Rise in that because he uh, he portaled off to safety yeah, and there fucking you go. left her there like every Rise on my team. I guess... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they portal me into the enemy team <laughs> and leave the portal. <laughs> I guess what you're saying is that in any cinematic, you can't say for certain that Rise wasn't just there before the camera started. <laughs> That's true. The gr- Everyone's LeBlanc and Rise was always right there. The I'm loving Rise it. continuum. <laughs> yeah, the the thing I like about this animation is there's a little through line because it's like she is. It will have in in this action sequence interspersed shots of her like in the post action sequence where she is just like reflecting and like just tired and drinking. And there's a spider that she kind of has trapped under a glass, and she kind of pulls up the glass to let it go. And it we see in the end of this whole fight. Uh, one of these crew members, she's killed everybody else but this one guy, and kind of gives him the, like, you know, get out of here type motion. But just like that spider, you know, starts scuttling towards her to, to bite her, you know, assumably this guy tried to make a move, and she has to squish the spider in the same way that she had to put this guy down, right? And that's that's misfortune in a nutshell in her whole situation <laughs> right now, is she keeps trying to help Bilgewater be better than it, itself, and it can't fucking help itself, you know? They're not having it. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, she's also in the Call of Power cinematic. <laughs> um, yeah, a- again, I feel like this bit of the cinematic, much like uh, Misfortune Underwater seemed out of place in the Call cinematic, uh, or in the Climb cinematic, this bit of the cinematic also seemed out of place in the Call of Power cinematic, where Rise is kind of traveling around the world, uh, presumably you know gathering those world runes and teaming up with champions that we know and a lot of it makes a lot of sense you know he's he's going places where i feel like we know there are world runes we got some freljord we've got shirima and then all of a sudden he's in the middle of a shootout on a pirate ship with misfortune (laughs) like all right well (laughs) you know that footage for something i guess exactly it's the big sampler plate and it's like hey everybody here's Terra. here's what you could get what i do like on this one is the way her like her guns are depicted and that they're a nice sort of realistic interpretation of her big massive goofy blunderbusses and like the kind of spiraling (laughs) magic that the bullets kind of have with them like when she's firing it's like that's a neat little visual and it helps kind of like Mm -hmm. give you the idea of why these guns are so important and so like cool you know what i mean yeah and we're going to move on to the exact opposite of that portrayal and go straight to <laughs> just the straight goofiness of how they were originally portrayed in the Dominion cinematic. <laughs> now, uh, this opens with Jarvan and Rise running at Cass and MF under a spire. And MF takes one shot, misses, and then waves Cass away like, nah, I got this. And then she ults Rise and Jarvan, but they casually dodge the entire ult. Uh, Jarvan then throws his flag at Misfortune and knocks her down, then runs at her. She shoots a lot and misses every shot at him until Malphite comes down, smacks Jarvan away to rescue her, uh, and, you know, smacks Jarvan into their turret, which kills Jarvan. Later, Jarvan has respawned and come back, and MF is still on the ground where (laughs) Jarvan initially knocked her down before he died. (laughs) Summoner disconnection. The summoner like lost connection with this function. She didn't roll well to get up again. No. And the next time we see her is the very end of the cinematic still frame where she's coming out from hiding behind the turret. Which again was every 
every MF on my team in every game of Dominion I ever played. <laughs> you know, all those Dominion games, those hours. <laughs> uh, hours funny. wasted becoming a master of Dominion. Well, you didn't get the icon at least. Uh, you know, I wonder. You know what I will I say about the um, the surrender cinematic that I like, or the little animation, is that they just yeah. have normal everyday guns. She's just got pissed like like a pair of Glocks. <laughs> <laughs> she, it's if you go watch it, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto misfortune. <laughs> Honestly, um, we've got the Matt client available cinematic. Her guns are in that. John. So there you go. That's why she needed the different guns in the other cinema. You're right. You're she right. left them. Shit. She <laughs> left <laughs> them in Udo's lair. <laughs> and then finally, we've got A New Journey, which is inspired by the true story of Michelle, a university <laughs> student and League of Legends player who joined a team and joined the fight. Season 2019 of League of Legends starts now. It's on. This is basically just like an anime opening, complete with an anime opening style song about a college league team. Mm. And I'm going to be honest with you here. This this is linked on Misfortune's um, wiki page. I do not know where the fuck she is in this cinematic. So if you see her, I went through like the champion loading screens and like the in-game. <laughs> I could not fucking find her. But apparently she's in it. If you know where she is, hit me up. Hit up those comments. There's a standing bounty. On the bounty board for Miss Fortune. <laughs> Those are all the cinematics. I only yeah. have one note on canon quotes. Okay. You know, before we jump into the murkiness of AUs. <laughs> uh, she doesn't have a lot of quotes because despite kind of getting a fairly recent rework, rework like they didn't redo a bunch of her voice lines, I don't think, or if they did redo them, they didn't record a bunch of new ones like they did for some of the uh, champions um despite that she still has four or five han solo references yeah. in her quotes oh we got uh, i always shoot first don't get cocky i've got a good feeling about this and watch your mouth kid or you'll find yourself respawning at home which is uh it's a lot it's a lot more than I would have expected for someone who has no thematic similarities other than, I guess, bounty hunter versus smuggler. Tenuous at best. Yeah. I, I feel like somebody who just was, when they were putting their quotes together, was like, oh, this could be a fun thing to do. And then they just never did. So, whatever. It's fine. So that's, that's, that's canon MF. Yeah. Yeah. How y'all feeling about her? It's good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I like the stories. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed her. She's got good lore. Bilgewater, got... that Bilgewater rework, they did it right. They did. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's in it, it, you know, is real flushed out. It was a good region yes. event. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of information about the characters in it and the region itself, which was great. Um, I would love for more events like this, honestly. Yeah, um, different regions. And yeah, stuff. just yeah. like focus on the different regions. Like Arcane was a great character and region study of Piltover's on. Mm-hmm. Gave us a lot more information than I think the stories did. More events like this would be great. Hopefully yep. we're getting that with the Void right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry that we recorded the Malzahar episode right before the Void info came out. <laughs> that was bad timing. And we're weeks away from that even. So yeah. Yeah. hearing this weeks later. Yeah. 
it was a nice background to have for it, I guess, though. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. AU time. Now, Misfortune actually has several skins that are not alternate universe. Mm. Uh, we're going to start with Burning Tides, which is uh, Captain Fortune. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is these are just the skins from after the events of the Burning Tides event, which is canon. In another life, Sarah Fortune would have been a respected ship captain, supported by the love of her mother and the admiration of her city. But the things Bilgewater takes, you can't always get back. And that particular dream died a long time ago. Mm. And then we have uh, from the Ruined King Saga skin line. Uh, Mm. The black mist gathers, the harrowing comes, and the ruined king has risen once more. Viego's corruption blankets Runeterra, turning friends into foes and bringing entire nations to their knees. The only ones with the power to stop him are the Sentinels of Light, an ancient order led by Senna and Lucian. Um, And this is ruined misfortune. Misfortune thought that being the pirate queen of Bilgewater would be enough. Even with her revenge complete, Sarah now faced a new chaos with Bilgewater's factions vying for control. Viego's arrival offered her an opportunity to seize the strength needed to crush anyone beneath her heel, even if it came at a price. So those sure. are the canon ones. <laughs> and now on to the real AU, High Noon. At the height of the Industrial Revolution, travelers begin pouring into the untamed West, searching for fortune ha, and prosperity <laughs> among the unknown horrors of cruel and ancient worlds. It is a time of brave gunslingers and rotten scoundrels, inscrutable gods, and savage demons. This is cowgirl misfortune. No bounty hunter on the prairie is as skilled as Sarah Fortune, but she doesn't work for anything less than top dollar. Cause enough trouble on the high frontier, and sure enough, she'll come calling with two gleaming pistols and a bullet with your name on it. My name? What did I do? One, no, 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 you didn't cause enough trouble. You're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's blonde in this one. I don't see this one often. No, it's because it's you know it's one of those old ones. It's been s- yeah. secretly pushed into high noon, even though it, may- it doesn't yeah. have anything that's good about high noon. Whatever. <laughs> right. I was confused she's, she's when you said a high noon. Angel. I was like high noon misfortune. I don't think that exists. <laughs> but cowgirl misfortune, baby. You know, it's like <laughs> yeehaw, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but they, I was about to start singing that, Mark. I'm so glad uh, you did. But they don't have like a dude ranch AU, so she had to go into this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard, right? You can't have like two different cowboy AUs floating around. It's going to confuse people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I would read another AU that was just like people at like a, a financially failing dude ranch, just trying to make it work. Mm, very um, mm, interesting. That's much more like. <laughs> Of mice and menish than I guess I would I would expect. <laughs> the of mice and men AU. It's what I, we're all oh, dying yes. for. <laughs> now we've got Crime City Nightmare. Kind of. <laughs> in a city where drink is cheap and life is cheaper, eldritch horrors lurk in the shadows, preying upon mankind's greed and envy. Backroom black markets have given rise to elixirs, a valuable magical export whose production spells money and influence should any gang find a way to corner the market. Vying for control with the help of twisted, unearthly terrors, enforcers, mob bosses, and cronies alike invite unknowable corruption in for a chance at true power. Pretty fucking sweet. Crime City Misfortune. 
A former gun for hire, Miss Sarah Fortune has recently spun up her own criminal cartel with a hand in everything from arms smuggling to protection rackets. Having destabilized the relationship between Twitch and Graves, she now seeks to cement her empire before they get wise to her ambitions. So, I mean, they say that she's got her hand in everything from arm smuggling to protection rackets. This is an eldritch AU. <laughs> if you say she's got her hands in everything from blank to blank, the other end of that blank should be something eldritch. <laughs> no. Yeah. This is a this that mafia one, right? Yeah, yeah. this, this used another... to be mafia misfortune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in this AU, Darius is her bodyguard and Brahm is her body man. <laughs> okay, cool. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. That's how it's listed. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's the guy who gets rid of bodies. Ooh, maybe. I thought you meant like body, like B A W D Y. Oh, oh it's not spelled man. like that, but I can see it. Uh, then we've got Arcade. There are three factions in this setting. The gamers who are jumping into the gaming worlds, the natives of the game worlds, and rogue bosses who cause havoc in the game worlds. And then there are also variations in these factions. Uh, Arcade Misfortune, Arcade Riven, and Arcade Sona are the holy gaming trinity. Ooh. The goddesses of RGB oh. destined to save the game. This is Arcade Misfortune. Misfortune? Sarah to her friends. <laughs> is better known in the real world for holding the top scores in every shoot-em-up game ever created. In Arcade World, she's famed for earning those scores through whatever means necessary. Willing to bring in any target for the right amount of points. <laughs> and I don't know what that she's means in the insane. context of an arcade. Right. <laughs> I don't think I ever noticed that Gangplank's just, like, behind her in this. Yes. That's so funny. Mm. I think I have that as a fun fact in here somewhere. Okay. Uh, And we've got Pool Party, where each champion's equipped with summertime clothing. This is Pool Party Misfortune. The group's appointed selfie queen and dual-wielding master of the water pistol, (laughs) Sierra Fortune can destroy all all comers in a splash fight and look good while doing it. The photo she'll post later will look even better. It's actually kind of upsetting. So she's an Instagram fitness guru in this. <laughs> yes. Actually, I'll just share some fun facts with this while we're here, while you're looking oh, at the picture. sure. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, uh, uh. <clears throat> in Pool Party Misfortune Splash... Mundo, Blitz, Lux, and Lee Sin are in the background, and they all have their phones out taking photos of her. Mm-hmm. Lee Sin's phone is upside down. It is. Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and Lux's has a Poro sticker on it. Yeah, it's cute. All right, we got Steel Valkyries. A galaxy scarred by war now attempts to rebuild, but the old wound remains. Criminals, bounty hunters, mercenaries, and assassins have filled the power vacuum piloting dangerous combat exosuits with godlike abilities. And this one is Gun Goddess Misfortune. Sarah Fortune is a living weapon of mass destruction, a legendary bounty hunter seeking revenge among a galaxy of thieves. Shot and left for dead, she now pilots the deadliest combat exosuit in known space, and she'll stop at nothing to bring violent justice to her would-be killers. 
I feel like she's a bounty hunter in almost every single one of these AUs. Yeah, this I will is say. misfortune, but in space. <laughs> this skin is cool. Like, I think it's real cool that the cinematic for this one is really a lot of fun. That's one that I'm familiar yeah. with. Yeah, the cinematic was cool. Um, there's also just like a, a, I guess, a teaser picture. That's just MF in front of a bunch of bounty pictures to really hammer home that bounty hunter shit. <laughs> um, but her cinematic... All right, here's some pre-lore for the cinematic to set the scene. Okay. Ten years ago, a great civil war stretched across the galaxy. A brilliant scientist created blueprints for a superweapon that could end the war, the exosuit. That man was the founder of Fortune Industries. When his comrades discovered the exosuit plans, they wasted no time murdering him. He was survived by his only daughter, who they shot and left for dead. (laughs) Over the years, she acquired four exosuits, became the notorious bounty hunter known as the Gun Goddess, and swore vengeance on these traitors. Now she's ready to collect the debt she's owed. Now this, uh, this cinematic is gun goddess misfortune doing gun goddess misfortune things to a (laughs) ship that's trying to capture her it's very again very anime like oh yeah for sure i um i don't know if it's supposed to be gangplank that's depicted as like the antagonist ship captain but i kind of hope it is because i really like the like the anime style interpretation of him um and i would love to see them do god i would love to see them do something like that it would probably take too much away from the silhouette and that's what's like fun about it is he if it is him, it looks very different. It could just be a generic pirate captain guy. Um, but this would be really cool. Yeah. I would love to watch this this anime. You know, make a little yeah, short right? something in this universe, right? I would. I would watch the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, we've got cops and robbers which is set in an alternate Piltover and Zon where each of the champions are part of the Piltover Policer Department, which I don't know if it's a typo or not. I was going to say, did that, did you mis- I thought you mispronunciated it. <laughs> but it's listed as the Piltover Policer Department. Sure. Uh, or they're criminals. Uh, cops and Robbers encompasses four sub-themes, the General Cops, the Robbers, Riot, and Secret Agent. And Crime City used to be a sub-theme, but... Now it's part of its own universe. Okay, uh, I was wrecking my brain. Is... Sorry, trying to figure out which skin oh. this was. This was. Do you know now? What's your I guess? Might... I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, I can't think of a joke. I was trying to think of some other skin. <laughs> I can't remember any misfortune skins whatsoever. <laughs> oh man, we're only halfway through the skins. Mm. There's so many left. But yes, you are correct. This is secret agent misfortune. <laughs> Um, but because it's so old, it doesn't actually have any lore. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then we got, uh, Snowdown Showdown, set around the mythos and festivals of Runeterra's Time of Snowdown and real-world winter holiday festivals, most notable one being Christmas. Uh, all these champions were inspired by these regional or festive cultures. And this one's Candy Cane Misfortune. Misfortune isn't interested in who's been nice, the naughty are out in droves for Snowdown, and that means big business for bounty hunters. <laughs> Packing heat and ready to take in marks dead or alive. This is one present you really don't want to unwrap. Cool. Christmas bounty hunter. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, I forgot a, uh, a few fun facts here 
for various other skins. Uh, so one, the mustache on the candy cane misfortune splash implies that she received she received shock and awe in this AU from Santa Brom. I don't remember the must. I, I don't have the splash in front of me. <laughs> it's got a. She's like unwrapping uh, shock and awe, and it has like a little sticker on oh, the front okay. with a little Brom mustache on it. I was thinking on her, but that makes more oh, sense. Oh no! Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> um. Also, since we didn't mention it, yeah, her pistols her pistols are called shock and awe. Oh, yeah, oh, I forgot. Yeah. I didn't realize we didn't talk about that. <laughs> um, the Chinese splash art for Secret Agent Misfortune has a picture in the background with a reference to Jana's for only two ninety five a minute, I'll leave you breathless line. Only the Chinese <laughs> interesting. Huh. Yeah, only the Chinese splash. Um in Captain Fortune's backing animation. She shoots an orange and blows it a kiss, referencing Gangplank's death. Uh, and in the gun and gun goddess, you know, fun fact about this skin, gun goddess misfortune, is the first ultimate tier skin that is not thirty two fifty, because uh, the skin is seen as lower quality than the rest. Oh, um, rude! During release, uh, resembling more of a legendary skin with high quality chromas. Interesting. Hmm. And uh, she has a bounty of uh, 62 billion CU, whatever that currency is, <laughs> in the in the Gun Goddess AU. Credits. Credit, <laughs> Credit units. units. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, also, during the game, uh, there's a little bit of uh, lore around all of her various exosuits, too. Um, so she has four different, as I mentioned. They're called Scarlet Fair, Zero Hour, Star Swarm, and Royal Arms. Um, so Scarlet Fair, which is kind of the base one, was built by MF from her father's blueprints and is a uh, highly modified suit sports SF particle cannons that fire a rotating barrage of bullets, antimatter tank shells, missiles, and anti-personnel slack discharges. Uh, Zero Hour is a gravity-resistant exosuit and so-called black hole gun fires spheres of super-condensed dark matter. Star Swarm is a banned exosuit that utilizes creatures born from exploding suns to melt MF's enemies. And finally, Royal Arms, capable of wiping out an entire fleet with its rapid-fire antimatter warheads, only a few of these suits were ever produced due to their immense destructive power. Shit. So yeah. She's kind of a big deal. <laughs> uh, then we have the Anima Squad. Humankind is on its last legs, nearly defeated by a high-tech army of deep-sea invaders called the Primordians. Enter Anima Squad, elite fighters using salvaged Primordian tech to push back against the end of the world. To save humanity, they will have to fight like an animal. I and this heard. is... Battle Bunny Misfortune. <laughs> I hadn't heard anything about this AU. <laughs> uh, Sarah Fortune is the second to take on the title of Anima Squad Commander after a predecessor, Riven's mysterious disappearance. <gasps> They're big, leperine shoes to fill, considering Riven's status as a war hero. But Sarah is smart, skilled, and courageous enough to, for to forge her own legend in the fight for humanity. I love that they they did like this is a really recent one, right? Yeah. yeah, it's such 
such serious lore for for the bunny rabbit skins. <laughs> they took the exact opposite of the the bees AU. <laughs> for this <one>. Bees. <laughs> uh now we've got Road Warrior, set in a dystopian wasteland. Each of the champions represent Fallout survivors, turned into vandals, raiders, and roadsters. And Road Warrior encompasses two skin lines, General Road Warrior and Vandal. And this is Road Warrior Misfortune. A lone rider whose home is on the open road, Misfortune takes the wasteland's problems into her own hands before moving on. Always another job, always another town. Lately, she's been butting heads with the Vandal Gang, a group of famed ruffians she's excited to finally put down. This is post-apocalyptic bounty hunter. Great. Yeah. Now, this is a skin that I never see in-game. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's an oldie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Harrowing, which is Bewitching Misfortune, a powerful witch with a flair for the dramatic and a soft spot for misguided monsters Misfortune has resurfaced for an evening of adventure with her spooky sistrin. And this has a prestige skin. Having wrestled control of the lion's share of sweets from ghastly spirits and unruly children alike, Misfortune now rules over the night. Her reign is one filled with revelry and mischief. And it really, uh, that description really makes it seem like she assaulted a bunch of children for their candy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fun fact about this is she brought Blitzcrank to life in this AU. He used to just be a humble cauldron used for her potions. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and another fun fact about this skin, Bewitching Misfortune Prestige Edition is the longest loading screen display name at 40 characters. <laughs> Neat. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, only two left. Lunar Beast. Each year, a mischievous Lunar Beast arrives in the mortal realm, drawn to the New Year's celebrations. In each year, the corresponding Lunar God selects a squad of chosen champions to lead the Beast on a merry chase and protect the city from the creature's playful rampage. The Lunar Parade is a beloved part of the New Year's festival, and the Beast itself brings good luck once it has been lulled to rest by the squad's efforts. When a lunar beast is well entertained and well rested, it's always a signal of a prosperous new year. This one's lunar beast misfortune. A former street tough, recruited by the bull god himself, misfortune was persuaded to join by fame and glory. She's here to prove not just that the ox clan is the best squad, but that whatever squad that has her as a member is the best. <laughs> Restless and proud, misfortune is eager to show off her skills at the lunar new year celebration. Uh... Now, she is not in the cinematic that was associated with the skin line because this is a Wild Rift exclusive. Mm. Mm, okay. Had me wondering. And finally, the one we've all been waiting for <coughs> Star Guardian. Mm. In a vast and dark universe, young warriors are chosen by fate to protect the light of the stars that are destined to burn bright, but collapse as furiously as they shine. And this one is uh, two skins. First one is Star Guardian Misfortune. Second in command to Ari, Misfortune is a hot-headed Star Guardian, gunslinger from the Galactic Rim. She's the first to charge into battle with her twin pistols, often ignoring her own safety as long as she can take down every enemy in sight. 
And uh, it is worth noting that in this AU, Miss Fortune is part of Ari's original team, along with Nico, Zaya, and Rakan. Okay. Uh, and then we've got Pajama Garden Miss Fortune. Pajama Guardian Miss Fortune. Not a garden. <laughs> She's a people. Uh, Sarah Fortune does not usually attend slumber parties, nor wear fluffy pajamas, nor play truth or dare. But Lulu insisted, and Lux asked so nicely. So somehow Sarah found herself doing all three. At least her pajamas came with holsters, just in case some cosmic enemies show up. You never know. It could happen. We have a bit of a longer bio here, where we find out that her hobby is poker. Her favorite fruit is uh, shrimp tempura. And that was a hard sentence to say. Favorite food (laughs) is shrimp tempura. And wanted to add a bunch of extra R's and take R's out. And her favorite subject is event planning, which is apparently a subject. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So a member of Ari's original team, she's renowned across the galaxy as a monster slayer. Angry at losing comrades, the second-in-command now fights in their memory, not out of a sense of duty, but for vengeance. Even with new members joining the team, she can't forget her past. Um, Despite being scornful of others, the only member of the team Misfortune truly holds at a distance is Syndra, who she suspects has less noble reasons for her return. Her magic mediums are named Boki and Baki. They are twins born of Sarah Fortune's desire for vengeance, but it's hard to tell by their playful best friends forever demeanor. Where Misfortune charges forward with a burning rage, this duo allies with her from a more easygoing perspective. It's no fun watching the bad guys burn if you can't butt bump about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, now she's part of a few cinematics. Nope, just one. <laughs> kind of. Uh, she's in the New Horizon, which most of the cinematic is just Ari transforming into Star Guardian Ari along to a voiceover. But then she shows up at the end when their whole team pops up Uh, and then she's part of a few short stories Uh, first one is starfall where uh it's a luck story where she takes her team to a team building retreat and meets ari's team Uh, after lux gets lost and stumbled into ez misfortune finds them ez refers to her as sarah and when lux says hi sarah i love your hair mf cuts her off and is like it's misfortune (laughs) sarah's for friends oh jesus (laughs) Uh, and then Lux says she's going for a team snack at the mess tent, which has chocolate chip cookies and oranges. Oh. Miss Fortune says she hates oranges. <laughs> <laughs> and then pulls this away. What about chocolate chip cookies, though? <laughs> um, and at the big final battle, MF and the team come to save Ari's team, and they're coordinated and awesome. And then we've got the Slumber Party Summoning, which is the one where Lulu invites Ari's team of Star Guardians to Lux's mandatory Star Guardian meeting because she misunderstood the assignment. Uh, Lux is surprised, Miss Fortune is pissed, and is texting most of the time. Uh, But then Lulu makes one of those fortune-telling paper toys, you know, that you flip back and forth, and asks, like, oh, how many times should I flip it? And Miss Fortune suggests 246 times. (laughs) And then... And then uh, she makes fun of the other team and is like, hey, when you're doing this, do you braid your hair too? Um, And Poppy's like, well, yeah, sometimes. (laughs) And then uh, while doing a party trick, Ezreal accidentally warps an interdimensional monster into Lux's living room. So they're all trying to get it. Uh, Misfortune raises her gun um, and Lux is, you know, she raises it seemingly at Lux and Lux gets all scared and she pulls the trigger and 
Uh, turns out there was a demon behind her, uh, so it disappears in a shower of confetti. Um, after that, Lux realizes the pizza she was cooking is setting off the smoke alarm. Um, so she's sure the party's ruined. She gets a bit emotional, uh, and then MF comes out and apologizes for the way that she was acting, and also apologizes for scaring her with the gun and makes it clear that she would never hurt another Star Guardian. Not ever. And then gives her permission to call her Sarah. And they Aww. all decide to spend the night and wear pajamas that Lulu made for them. Very good. That's called character that's growth, character growth. <laughs> <laughs> That's an arc. <laughs> uh, and then finally, the Twilight Star, uh, where Misfortune joins Lux's team to patrol a nearby playground that Lulu saw in a vision. And her team is playing on the playground, and MF seems very envious about how innocent they all are. Because they're all, like, playing and having fun, and, you know, Misfortune saw her whole team, her whole team die. So um, it's a very different vibe uh, than her team. <laughs> uh, and then she says that Lux reminds her of someone, which she doesn't say specifically who it was, but it was Zaya. Uh, and... <laughs> You know, obviously Lux doesn't know about Zaya or that Zaya exists, so she assumes that MF was talking about Ari and gets all excited. And she's like, nope, not Ari. It's like, oh. But then she says that she's actually reminds her of a combination of all their old team, like the optimism, the curiosity, the protectiveness of Rakan, you know, all mm -hmm. that. Uh, and that's when Zoe pops out and attacks with bubbles. Uh, Lulu pushes Misfortune out of the way and is struck. But they manage to fight Zoe off, and when Lulu wakes up, she says, Lost. They were lost. Dark now. She's on her way. And then MF tells the party how Ari was supposed to join for the slumber party, but uh, had something important to take care of, which leads us directly into the Light in the Shadow cinematic. Okay. Solid. Which is, yeah. Where, uh, yeah, we see the rest of Misfortune's team in that cinematic, who mm. died, but were resurrected by Zoe and corrupted. <laughs> Fun, cute, <laughs> cheerful. Hmm. All right, those are all the AUs. Solid, a lot of bounty, bounty huntering. A lot right. of bounty hunting. <laughs> she's been a bounty hunter in space. She's been a bounty hunter in games. Bounty hunter in in Winter Wonderland. She's <laughs> done it all, folks. <laughs> if you've got a bounty, you need hunted. Have I got the lady for you? <laughs> uh, so. Fun facts. Misfortune is voiced by Laura Bailey in the Double Double Cross cinematic and Legends of Runeterra and Ruined King. And she also voices Battle Bunny Misfortune, Lunar Beast Misfortune, and Wild Rift, and previously voiced pre-rework Akali. Hmm. Uh, Gun Goddess Misfortune is voiced by Rachel Kimsey, and the Exosuit is voiced by uh, Joe uh, Ziasia. I didn't realize the ex. I haven't played that skin. I didn't know the exosuit talked. Yeah, That's it awesome. talks to her. I suppose we don't know who the uh, the the original misfortune voice is. Is that one of those ones that's lost to time? I could not find yeah. it. I couldn't either. Um, and while the wiki says that Bullet Time was named after Max Payne, which is her alt, by the way, uh, the Matrix preceded Max Payne by two years. And the effect was referenced as bullet time in the script. So get your shit together, Max Payne. <laughs> I never would have ever thought to be like, oh, obviously, Max Payne, right? <laughs> I like Max, the Max Payne games, uh, but yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> Let's see. Uh, Misfortune is tied for the first champion to receive 12 skins. Oh. So did she hit 12? Would Lux be oh. the other? Hmm? Would Lux be the other? It is actually Ezreal. Oh, that makes uh, sense. He okay, does yeah. a shit ton of skins. And the 12th skin for both of them was Pajama Guardian. That's what oh, I was cute. trying to ask. Like, did they both get... Oh, yeah. sorry. Intra- no, no, I, was, I couldn't put my uh, thoughts to words. <laughs> <laughs> and last one. Because a bunch of the other fun facts were just like the skin fun facts, yeah. and we went over them while we were talking about them. <laughs> uh, her dance is a reference to... All right, this is... This is one of those, like, several tiered references that the internet does. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Okay, so her dance is a reference to the Japanese VTuber character Uzora Subaru and her duck from Hololive. So uh, Suzuki Kenta made a dancing duck animation based on uh, an infamous situation where she attempted to do an ASMR video but all her attempts at doing ASMR sounded like Donald Duck. Um, <laughs> and then, so they posted that that video on YouTube, and it became viral because someone else named Ruler of Wind added music to it that was like, Hey Ya by Outkast. You lost me so uh, long ago. So the dance from that music video is her dance uh, in-game. <laughs> There's like steam cool. like pouring out of like John's ears as he's like putting this together. <laughs> okay. Although it was it was very funny. I did like look it up because I, I had to know. I mean, the video obviously, yeah, yeah, it's the dance. But like I had to look up what the hell this ASMR video was that just kept sounding like Donald Duck. <laughs> it was very good. You'll have to link it to me. I'll her, have to check it out. Her chat was even like, I don't think you can do ASMR. I feel like you're just going to sound like Donald Duck. It's like, no, 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 I'm not going to sound like Donald Duck. I'm not going to. Is that your Donald Duck impression? <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done. It's been over two hours. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, All right, that was Misfortune. Any final thoughts? No, I just want to hear your Donald Duck. No, you don't. It's not going to be any better than yours, and that's why I don't fucking do it. <laughs> that's where we're different. <laughs> Uh, give her more. Uh, give her some voice lines. Get Laura Bailey to come in and do a bunch of new VO. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. Some updated ones, maybe. Do, at yeah, least so she's great, not calling me. Some great lore. Gives... Yeah, that's true. Maybe no more Han Solo references. I think we're good. Yeah. On those. <laughs> we have a lot of. There's. There's a lot of like. You've written some great stories for her. There's a lot of a rich background to draw new voice lines from. She already has some great, uh, you know, in-story interactions with other champions. Like, the lines basically write themselves. <laughs> so just have someone come in and talk them with their talk voice em. box. Talk them real good. All right, that was Misfortune. Thank you for listening. We're on Twitter at Loreheads, and you can find us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Loreheads. We stream League on Saturdays, and John does TFT on Mondays. He just hit Diamond. Well, he hit Diamond weeks ago from... (laughs) 
That's true. Now, but you could see him now in Diamond, where he can't get demoted, so he can lose all he wants. I am very excited to <laughs> fuck around and in, find out. In ranked now. <laughs> we post these on YouTube, and John has some parodies there, and we have a Discord. The link's in the description of this episode, and it's pinned on our Twitter. And we have a Patreon as well. Thank you to all of our patrons. And a very special thank you to our Madarda tier <laughs> patrons. D Smurfs, Jeremy Rich, King of Hearts, Mylect, and Chupa Mustache. Thank you all so much. If you were uh, my quartermaster captured by Ooh. the Sea Witch, I would also trade Graves and TF to get you back. With a bunch of gold. With a bunch yeah. of gold. <laughs> well, let's make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And be sure to join us next week because we're going to talk about the Iron Revenant Mordekaiser. Mm-hmm.